tell you. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. <laughs> Feel these nipples. That boy is good. Mm -hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos and motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right. 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 A little loud. All right. Welcome to everybody. Oh my gosh, it's really loud. Trevor, need you to turn me down just a little bit there. There we go. I think it's a little bit better. Welcome to everybody. It's Thursday, October 5th. This is the Mike Rutherford Show coming to you from the world famous University of Louisville College of Business Studios. Visit business.louisville.edu to take your career to new heights with an MBA from the University of Louisville. The full time MBA is an innovative 12 12 month program that accelerates your career trajectory with convenient in person evening classes. Visit business.louisville.edu backslash MBA to get your journey started today. We're on the air today from 3.05 until 6 here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the land. You know us better as the Big X. Mike Rutherford and Trevor Kelsey in the building as we continue on uh, Notre Dame. Trevor, can you turn me down just a little bit? I need, I, I, I'll try. I'm only good at turning you on, but I know. not good at turning it, it you down. It is insanely loud in my ears. I can't, I can't even. Well, I've been turning you up because everybody keeps yelling at me about you're, not, you're too low. So I thought that was just you. No, I think it was, I was told it was low on like coming over the air, so I brought you, both of us up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't. Well, whatever the, the deal is, I wish I had the chance to like, you know, I don't, ha- I don't have the volume control in here. That, that's better, but I, just, I can't, I can't make it through the entire show with that being that loud in my ears. Hopefully, that sounds okay. Hopefully, that's okay. I think we're, I think we're back. I think we're good to go. Uh, we're on the air today from three oh six until uh, six here on fourteen fifty AM ninety six one FM streaming all over the land. Okay, now, now we're good to go. I, I feel better now. Uh, TK, how are you feeling? It's a little bit of a gloomy Thursday, but we need this. Uh, we need this rain. Cooler temps coming in. It's going to finally start to feel like fall on Saturday. Football weather is here. I'm still feeling good despite the the gloominess outside. Nah, the, the rain outside doesn't bother me whatsoever. It's just mainly because I didn't know it was raining until like 45 minutes ago. But, I was going to say, yeah. I mean, it's only, been, it's only been it's only been a brief gloom for me, but. No, I, I just see this as the uh, the clouds before the storm that is the uh, the ending of the dreams that Notre Dame has for playing in a national championship game on Saturday. All right, it's now everyone's saying it's insanely low. They can't hear us. So I, I don't know how to turn like my voice up without turning me up in the ears. We don't have like, you know, I know how to do it on the Comrex, but I can't do it in here. I mean, I can turn you up in here, but you, you're too loud in your own ear, I guess. I might just have to take my headphones off then. Cause can you I, hear me through the wall? No, I cannot hear you through the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, we still have the, the loud buzzing is still going on as well. That that one I can't. Short of just yeah, I don't know what to do with that. We're that messing one. up the vibes here. No, actually, all the vibes in the game are going to be good because all the vibes in the show are bad. Uh, people are saying on the stream, you're fine, but I'm whispering. Yeah, because I didn't. Lo- I didn't lower myself. I just lowered you. 
Okay, well, just, I guess just turn me back up, and I'll just I'll do the show without headphones and or not on, like just so I can kind of hear you. I don't know how we're gonna that's gonna work, but that's all right. I'll just I'll I'll speak loudly. Okay, that's I guess we're gonna have to do that. Can you hear okay better now? I mean, I, there's no change. I sound fine. Okay. Yeah, that's that's okay. But just when I started, I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna deaf myself by the end of the show. So hopefully this is okay. Hopefully we're doing better. This is, uh, yeah. This is, well, Dugan says the FM sounds better than it ever has. That's amazing. All I'm all I'm seeing on the text line and from friends and family is the hum is terrible and I'm very quiet and I'm louder than you. Yeah, which yeah. We're actually on the same level now, so we should be okay. okay. Well, hopefully that hopefully that works. Maybe I'll just scream the entire show. I mean, do anybody really need to hear Mike? Yeah, TK and friends. <laughs> Three hours of, of just TK with no friends. No, it's just TK. Just TK. It's gonna it's gonna be it's just gonna be a, a Toronto funeral though. TK talks. I, I was sad to to see you know. I was hoping we could at least have a fun couple of weeks with the Blue Jays, maybe playing deep into the, the divisional series or maybe even making it to the championship series. Instead, it's two days and it's already over. Which, like I said yesterday, it feels so wrong. I, I don't know what the fix is for the MLB playoffs, but it does feel wrong to play like over half a year a regular season and then have your postseason over in like 48 hours. Yeah. I mean, it's depressing a little bit. I mean... Also depressing that both our teams we picked to, to go to the World Series are both gone in two games. So maybe we well, should. Well, I still got the Dodgers. Well, but both our my NL team and your AL team are gone, right? Yeah, the Dodgers over the Rays. The Rays are gone in two games. Uh, I don't know why. I, I thought the AL <laughs> might, might get a little feisty. I thought it might get a little weird, but now I'm thinking Dodgers Strohs is probably the safe pick. But then it's gonna be it's gonna be my AL Baltimore versus your NL Dodgers. It could be. And then who, who did you pick the Orioles to win the World Series? I think I did. Yes, and you picked the Dodgers to win. I it. picked the Dodgers to win. It. So at least our champions are still alive. Yeah. So then it will come down to a a meeting of the minds in the World Series. But even I, though I'm I'm going to root for Baltimore, but I think I'm going to root for Arizona in the NL because I mean it's I know they've got the one like wonky World Series in one, but I kind of like this this young Arizona Diamondbacks team. Yeah. You just like Corbin Carroll. I do like Corbin Carroll. <laughs> Nobody talking about him. Nobody. I gotta. If I don't bring him up, who will? The rookie, of, the almost lock for rookie of the year. Who's his, talking about this his, guy? His poor mom is just sitting there, just going through radio stations across the country, waiting to hear her son's name mentioned. Well, Mama Coral, your wait is over. Mama Coral, tune, tune, tune in to ninety six point one FM in Louisville, and you'll hear your. We'll talk about your son. Corbin. The only place in America that talks Corbin Carroll. She's somewhere up in the state, good state of Washington, wherever I don't know where she's from. I know he went to Washington University, so. Uh, she's up there somewhere in uh, in that state in the in the woods, just looking for a station to hear her her good son's name mentioned. Streaming local Louisville radio, wondering why the buzz is so loud, doing <laughs> just wanting to hear about her baby boy. It's all she wants. Uh, Who are we to deny this poor woman? I was sad to see them go out, just because I thought it would be fun fodder for the show. Now we really have no rooting interest for the MLB playoffs, but whatever. We'll do what we we'll do the best we can. Um, we, there, we, we there's no have, games tonight, though, right? Um, I'm not sure. Because I think I think they moved Western from like ESPN two to ESPN one today tonight. Oh, really? They got they got the bump because of the sweeps. So there, I think there's I'm pretty sure there's no game on ESPN tonight. So uh, our boys at uh, down in Bowling Green got a bump, uh, got a nod up. So were all three games sweep? The Brewers lost last night. Yes, the Brewers got swept. So all four are sweep. Philadelphia swept. Uh, yeah, all four. Yeah, they were all four. Yes, yeah, so that's why. So then that means that we won't have any games until Saturday. I think. I mean, that, that sucks because that's when I'm watching football. Yeah. Like, if you're going to get my interest in MLB, why do you want to wait until the day against going against college football 
to get try to get people to watch. Well, and that's the thing. Now we've got you it's know stupid. We don't need MLB interest because we've got Louisville Notre Dame this week. And we'll, yeah. Regardless of what happens, we'll be taking an undefeated conference record into Pitt next week, and then we'll be getting ready for Duke. Uh, you'll be gone in a few weeks though. It's going to be may have to get a little bit weird then. We'll figure. I think that's the Pitt week though, isn't it? Like, no, it's the after the Pitt. It's after. Game. It's the bye week. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a perfect week to be gone. Well, yeah, but, exactly. but of course, you like getting weird. So it's well, we're, we're gonna, we'll yeah. figure something out. Maybe I can we can chime in somehow or something. I don't know. We'll, we, we will have. I mean, I keep forgetting about this too. I mean, a week from yesterday, we have the first scrimmage, and then October eighteenth. So you will be gone for that. Uh, two Wednesdays from now, Thank God. we're going to have the the exhibition game against Simmons College, and which I want to watch. I do want to watch that. I, I mean, I already know how it's going to go. We're going to win that game by like forty because Simmons College is like five levels below us, and. Jerry E's is going to tell his players, like, don't make layups. So we can. <laughs> and people are going to be like, we're back, baby. Here we go. And we've got and we've got to play the bad guy being like, no, no, hold on. Hold the horses. I mean, I'm going to have to do it. Like, I, I know. I'll be right there. With, well, I won't that week. But I'll be eventually with you. I want to see what we do against Kentucky Wesley. I think that will be a better indicator of, of how far we've come. Now, if it's close against Simmons College, then it's, yeah, we are. <laughs> we're in a, a world of trouble, but I don't think that's going I to be may never return. I'm basing this all off of, well, their records the last few years, and then also we we played them in an exhibition as, as a favor before Chris Mack's first season, and they were, without question, the worst exhibition team we've ever gone up against. So Yeah, but that was also, how long, that, that was many, many Louisville. 2018. So, it was many Louisville teams ago. Well, I, I didn't, I, I'm, I'm not talking about Louisville. I'm talking about Simmons. Like they, my point is they should. I can't imagine they've improved that much over the course of the last five, six years uh, from a talent perspective. So I'm assuming that this is going to be a game that we don't find out a whole lot about this team. But still, just to see them out there doing things uh, will be worth talking about. Somewhere there's a Simmons College guy going, man, there's no way Louisville's talent's dropped that much in five or six years. Well, I mean, <laughs> talent hasn't really. It's, well, it's not where it's supposed to be, maybe, but it's still, maybe. yeah. It's, it's, it was, it's not that far down. Uh, we got lots to get to today. It is the Thursday now of game week as we inch closer and closer to the big show on Saturday. 7.30 kickoff Ooh, on ABC. Louisville taking on Notre Dame. The the talk from both sides, I think, ratcheting up. I, I, I've been digesting more stuff over the last 24 hours, listening to some Notre Dame site. I did a Notre Dame podcast this morning. which I, The guy was really cool. He's actually a Louisville native who's living in California now, so we had a, a nice little Louisville banter there, uh, and he wanted to, to talk a little bit about uh, – Rudy's dad. Rudy's dad. Do you want to talk about that? I've got the Rudiger family coming after me now. I don't know if you've seen. <laughs> Good. This. I don't know if you've seen this. I'm the one that notified them of you. Uh, somebody did snitch tag me and like, hey, are you going to stand by this like degrading your grandpa, Angela <laughs> Rudiger? And then now I've got like uh, all these like Rudigers, all these like fifth generation Rudigers are oh, like, yeah, how dare you? Um, you, I, you remember in the movie it said all his other younger brothers went to college too, so. Well, they're all like, so they none of them read the post. It's very obvious because they're like, it's a movie. That's not what I'm like. I say that in like the third paragraph of the post. Uh, they're, they're, it's like Angelica Rudiger. There's a Dominic Rudiger that is uh, looks like a very much a party boy Rudiger who's like, how dare you come after my great? Like he was the best man alive. I'm like, did you even know him? Like you're like 12 years old. Get out of my face. He might have known him. There's I mean- a Michael Rudiger. Like yeah, Dominic Rudiger says quote tweets my post about the just the linking of the story and says this is a joke my grandpa was the best man and father one could ask for my uncle portrayed him like this for the movie don't speak on my grandpa's name like that yeah you tell him dominic and i i mean it's clearly didn't read the article so so who would it's 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 full of lies i mean most almost all the notre dame fans that i've seen like have been like this is great this is spot on no it's been very very nice but like the rudiger family are the only notre dame fans that are like this is ridiculous so Angela, 
I actually responded to her because she's like, this was just a movie. You're not differentiating between the person and the movie. And I, and I responded and said, I said all of that in the post, by the way. She doesn't respond to me, but when her cousin, I, I guess, or whoever this is, Dominic, <laughs> she's like, LOL. She's like, the guy replied to me about it. He must be hurting for content. Ha. I'm like, can you not just like you talk to me? She untags me. Desperate for content. And there's a Michael Rudiger liking all their posts. I've angered the entire Rudiger family. I, I feel it. like I have to hate Rudy now. I love it. Bring up his tax. I seriously wish I could have said claim to be behind the uh, snitching part, but I'm not. There was it was it was a Notre Dame fan. I'm going to take claim for it, but I know I didn't do it. It was it was a Notre Dame fan who was like, "Are you going to stand for this at Angela Rudiger?" I was like, "Really?" I, I mean, I, I, Angela, because that's the, the sister. I didn't know there was a girl in the family. It's always Irish. <laughs> Inc is the, is the account, and it's actually like a like it's a it's like a, a fan writer who he does the always Irish uh, wire. Fighting Irish Wire, it's the USA Today site. And he just responded to my story, which again, like every other Notre Dame fan, including all the, the one foot down guys, have been like, this is really funny. This is great. This guy says, set him straight about your grandfather at Angela Rudiger. And then that's when she comes back with the, this is laughable. It's called a movie. Obviously, they may had to make things more dramatic. My grandpa, Dan Rudiger, was one of the greatest men I've ever known. <laughs> and Ned Beatty was a very nice man when I was on set with him for the movie. Go Irish. Listen, I, I, I can't confirm the real grandpa was nice, but I'll tell you right now, the portrayal was was a, was a good dude as well. Uh, I have read your article, I did. sir. So, and I, while I defend you for the most place, your article is full of lies. It's not, actually. There's actually one lie in there. You... I, you, I even point out where you misheard a quote in the movie. I didn't. I went back. The, the subtitles back it up. Oh. It says exactly what I said. No. He says throw them both out. Throw them out. Look at the subtitles. Throw them um, out. Throw them. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's shortened for them. It's not. He's talking about just Rudy. The Denial, my friend. It's not denial. It's factual. <laughs> the, 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 I mean, the other thing is when I was doing the, the podcast with the guy, Tyler, from Notre Dame today, he, I mentioned that like, they have... I'd heard that in the actual uh, obituary for the real Dan Rudiger, they like they made it a point to say he wasn't who they portrayed him as in the movie. And the guy find, found the obituary, and they spent like two paragraphs talking about how like the a hole from the movie is not what the dad was like at all. How they had to take all these liberties. They were like they they made my our father's character all of the the obstacles that Rudy had to overcome, they all put him into the dad. It was very much like a, please don't let this define our dad. It's like, they spent, I don't get it. The dad was good. The, all he was, he was trying to protect his son. I mean, was, now he was awful. Frank was a, was a D-bag, but I mean, other than, but the dad was good. He supported him to a degree. He just didn't want him to make mistakes and hurt, get hurt. He fake hit him at the very beginning of the movie when he said that he wanted to play football for Notre Dame. That was his initial response was to laugh at him and fake like he was going I to know, hit him. I know. That's why he's a good person. And Most Rudy, dads would have smacked him to smack the taste out well, of their mouth. Rudy thought it was possible and like flinched. Like The fact that he might get hit for saying, my dream is to play football at a school. Yes, but it, but he should be rewarded for not hitting Pete for wanting to watch Purdue in Indiana. Well, come on. Anybody asked to put Indiana on a TV should be punched, right? In fact, you had to go to the joke. Just prove me right. <laughs> no, I, I have no problem with it. He didn't. He faked me. He acted like he's going to hit him. He didn't actually hit him. Now, if he backhanded him, then you can maybe argue with me a little bit. It's clearly, Rudy thought it was coming. Thought it was a possibility. I mean, Imagine telling your mom that you wanted to play football for Notre Dame and her just smacking her. Smacking you for no reason. Yeah, I do. Well, you, you probably deserve it. <laughs> See? <laughs> I think you got smacked for other things. 
<laughs> I don't think it was expressing your dreams, your athletic prowess. Mom smacked me and she turned around and goes, now what did you say? <laughs> Anyways, we hate the Rudiger family now. They're all dead to us. <laughs> Rudy was offsides. Uh, how dare you get me on this, 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 this opposite of you on this weekend of all weekends? Well, we're playing Notre Dame. Oh, I want to beat Notre Dame, but I still love Rudy. I don't. The real, so, the real Rudy also was arrested for tax fraud, so it's not like it's not uh, like he's been squeaky clean. Yeah, no. <laughs> and everybody who I know that, that has like ties to Notre Dame has been like everybody at Notre Dame hates Rudy because he's like Rudy wants to be the king of Notre Dame now. They want he he wants to like go to games and be, the movie hasn't been out for thirty five years. Well, they, yeah, they want him to. He, years. he apparently like, like you know clearly Notre Dame owes something to Rudy. It, it, it's a very famous movie. It did very well. It, it painted Notre Dame in a favorable light. But Rudy apparently, when he comes to town, wants to be like, "Give me a million dollars and let me play in the game." Like, like he, he he wants a lot more than what he probably deserves, which is I'm sure kind of annoying for people there. Should Louisville fans, if, if we're if we're blowing out Notre Dame, when we're blowing out Notre Dame late in the game, should everyone in the stadium start chanting for Rudy? I think we should chant Rudy sucks. <laughs> no, I should just chant Rudy and just bring him, bring on Rudy. He can be the maybe he was supposed to be the eleventh man in that Ohio State goal line defense. Do we have a Rudy on our team? Because then that would be a fun cheer. If we had a walk-on named Rudy. Is anybody named Rudy anymore? Yeah. It's, it's not a name that you see all that often. Who's the youngest Rudy around? Giuliani. Probably. <laughs> nice fool. I can't think of another one. Regular Rudy from Bob's Burgers. Uh, we do not have a Rudy on our team. I just did a quick search. Oh, man. How dare they? Who's like a walk-on that we could cheer for? Who's the, uh, who's the quarterback with the long hair? Can we call him Rudy? Uh, Travis Egan, the Mr. Football from Bullet East last year. Yeah, but Egan. Egan. Yeah, because Travis doesn't, doesn't. No, it doesn't work. No. Egan does. Egan can, I guess, work a little bit. Baltimore. But he's already been in. Yeah, no. It's, yeah, it's, it doesn't Murray work. Murray State already used all our quarterbacks. We rooted Murray State. Do we have a backup kicker? Yeah. <laughs> we do, don't we? We do. We have a backup kicker. The, the Trinity kid punted last week. I noticed that because that caught my attention. I was like, "What's well, that?" Because I thought Brock was doing both. Then things. he came back and he did the, I think the other punts. But he, yeah, after Travis had the shank, he the, the, we brought the Trinity kid at Hodges to punt. But I don't think we like, our backup kicker, Nick Lopez from Matter Day, and Cole Hussung. Lopez, Lopez, Lopez. We do have a walk-on kicker named Nick Keller from Connor, Kentucky. Keller, Keller. I think yeah. this works. He's going to randomly start chanting names. Just have him kick off. His dad's like, what the hell? <laughs> Starts crying. Jeff goes up to him. He's reading like uh, he's reading uh, uh, some novel inside of his playbook, like like, like the boy in uh, Varsity Blues. <laughs> Moxley. I just want to go to Brown. So, anyway. Uh, Ruger right, so family. Ruger family insane. Ruger family your, your insane. article full of lies. We love Rudy. Not full of lies Dane. at all. How, how was your Wednesday night? How was, a, how was wrestling? <laughs> Wrestling was good, uh, even though it, I, I, it did have almost a slight disaster last night. What's that? Aside from, you know, FIU and um, God, Middle Tennessee. And, yeah. and Middle Tennessee State just imploding in the second half of both my games. Embarrassing. I'm going to halftime of these games thinking, I got, I'm rolling. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk away with some cash tonight. Both teams imploded in yeah. the second half. Uh, but I do want to say one thing about FIU here in a second. But other than okay. that, before I do that, wrestling, uh, I got home, so I get home around 845, you know, a little bit. And I'm recording wrestling, but for some reason, I guess, I don't know what was going on with TBS on the guide last night, but, like, everything was running their normal programming, but the guide just said Young Sheldon was on all day and night. <laughs> and I was, I was, it was weird. 
So when I get home, I'm a little, I, I almost get very upset because I turn on, the, I go to the DVR, and it's like Big Bang Theory. And I'm like, what is this? And I look, and apparently it had put, like, the, the guy had put my AW on at, like, 2 o'clock in the afternoon and recorded, like, Big Bang from 2 to 4. No, no. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm so close. Luckily, I turned it off. I'd been on TBS earlier that day, and if you're on a channel, like, within a, at some point during the day, you can still rewind on it, even if you've changed from it. So I only missed the per- long story short. I rewound it. Only got to miss the first ten minutes of the show. So I got to see um, the pretty much the whole show. Uh, excellent show. Edge or Adam Copeland came in, had a nice little you know talk to the crowd. Orange and uh, Hook looked to be maybe getting a tag team together and looking for some gold. So some solid matches. All in all, a decent day. But it was kind of spoiled by the the after that watch wrestling. I watched the football games and as I said, the first halves so I was feeling good, feeling cozy. Second half, FIU just folds. Middle Tennessee just disastrously folded. They got destroyed in the second half. I didn't see how it happened, but I saw people talk, people like pointing out the stats where it was Middle Tennessee had like a billion yards in the second half. Like every drive, they had like seventy five yards, and they still just found ways to, to shoot themselves in the foot and then got blown out. Which is well, they were up twenty three seven at half. It sounded crazy the way. So that it they, they, at halftime of that game, I flipped over and started watching the uh, FIU game. Because they were a little, they were right before half, and I'm like, "Well, I'm gonna watch some of this game then." Now, this, I, I feel, honestly, I felt comfortable because that game when I turned on FIU, it was 14-7. They were down. I'm like, "All right, well, you know, 23-7, Jacksonville State, they're good." So I'm watching FIU. They get a. This is what I want to bring up because I've been the the old man about the turnover gimmicks. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's played out. It's dumb. It's everybody's just trying to stretching their their imaginations to do something original, and nothing it is. But I stand corrected. FIU has a turnover gimmick that I, I thought was kind of funny. So they get an interception on a bad pass by New Mexico State, by the way. And the guy goes in the, the uh, sideline and pulls out the turnover T-shirt gun. Oh, I like that. And I was like, that is a great idea. And he pulls out the T-shirt cannon and shoots a custom. It's a, a T-shirt that shows like turnover FIU or something. And shoots it in the crowd. I'm like that is a. That's actually a really good idea. I thought the same. That's like that. And I guess being at FIU and your fans are probably limited to slim to none at your home games, it's probably good to have something you can give away. But I thought it had like a real ABA feel to it, and I'd love to see Lil. I mean, if Louisville did that, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be mad. I think. I mean, can you can you imagine being like in one of those seats behind the bench if a turnover happens? You're like, here we go. I mean, I just get doubly excited. Yeah, I mean, turnover and a T-shirt. Unless you're a first row, then you know you're not getting it because it's going to shoot it over your head. But yeah. at that point, you're sitting there yelling to the players, "Hey, tell me one of the extra T-shirts." You know, you're trying to. You, Oh, it'd be great. I think Louisville needs to get on that right away. But that was the only highlight of FIU when I turned it on because after that, pretty much second half, they got stomped as well and lost both bets. Toronto got eliminated. It was uh, it was, a, it was somewhat of a dark day in, in the Kelsey Manor a little bit at that point. Here's the stuff that I was but, talking about. But then so. I got cheered up because I watched the Burbs. So. Oh, there you go. MTSU in the second half. They had drives of 56 yards, 48 yards, 75 yards, 48 yards, and got seven points off of them. Yeah, two of them were turnovers or touchdowns. They had two picks, a fumble, a turnover on downs, a fumbled punt for Jacksonville State that allowed them to start uh, inside the the 40. They had 563 total yards, a 16-point halftime lead, and they got blown out. The the muffed fumble fumble, uh, punt was the the callus that turned it all around. They were up 23-14 when that happened. And then they got the ball back and scored right away, and it was twenty three twenty and or twenty three twenty one. And in the next possession, that was the scoop and score, and it was twenty eight twenty three. And then 
Yeah, it was just, I mean, downhill. Jacksonville was just, Jacksonville State just running all of them. I mean, Rich Rodriguez is going insane. It's, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was, a, it was a beat down in the second half by Jacks by the uh, Gamecocks. That's annoying. And I flipped over that pie and I'm like, well, maybe one game will save me. And they're getting beaten down. I'm like, yeah, it's, why do I bet on conference USA football? Well, we got Western tonight. I've got, so I have a, oh, that's why, because I'm betting on Western tonight too, probably. I was going to say, they, they screwed up. Like, I was trying to load the app the other day and it wasn't working. And, didn't think anything of it. I was like, okay, cool, whatever. They sent me a $20 free bet today because of that. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I may use it on Western, but I don't like this. the spread's Western by six. I think it's a little bit hefty on the road. Who are they playing? Louisiana Tech. Uh, I, had to look, I haven't really looked at Louisiana Tech this year much. Louisiana Tech is three and two. They lost, Their only losses are to North Texas by three, Nebraska by 28 to 14. Which, I mean, Nebraska, we know what they are. Yeah. They just, but, they're but coming that- off a 14-point win over UTEP. SMU blew them out. They beat FIU by five. Uh, FIU is not that good, and neither is SMU. I think Western wins, but the six, I'm a little bit nervous about. Yeah, Western just put up some points, though. I mean, they've covered, I think, most of their games this year. Yeah. Right. Every time we say they're going to cover, they don't, though. Uh, well, that was one, the one game, yeah. Ohio <laughs> State, and then yeah. they lost to Troy. That was, yeah, not great. They did cover for us against Middle Tennessee. Well, for me, I bet them. How did we do in our pickups last week? I forgot that. Did I ask you that? I gamed a game on you. We're now tied. We, we had three I, different. I got two of those. If right. I hadn't asked, it wouldn't exist. If if you hadn't taken the Wagner, the the Homer pick. Well, blame it on Wagner. Why don't you? Well, I mean, he, he picked Wagner. They lost by four. I mean, one. yeah, just just blame it on Wagner. I, uh, I'm pretty sure that's right. But also, I can confirm. I met with. I, I texted Nick last night. The apparently the sales Holy Cross game from 15 years ago. I was listening to. He was playing in. Wow. He was like, I had a sack in that game. I'm like, all right. The amount of time that you because we also figured out that like when I was playing in. St. Matthew's basketball oh, I championship. Yeah. You would have been like doing the scoreboard more than likely. So that, yeah. Like you knew all of us at some point in a different life when you were like a, the older creepy guy doing stuff. How's that different? <laughs> it's kind of the same. Where, where is it? Where, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm confused. Where did it change? You're still the big X's creepy uncle. Yeah, you, you, still... you, you, you were back then. You, he always will be. <laughs> I don't want to be the creepy uncle. Creepy uncle is the one that like, does bad stuff. I just want to be. I want to be the. the no, I can't say front uncle. Can't say fun uncle because that's the same same version. Uh, I just don't want to be an uncle. Uncles get a bad rep when it comes to things like that. You're definitely not a dad. I could be like like pseudo dad. I don't think can I be can I be can, can I be like the Godfather? I don't think you can be Big X dad. I don't think Dugan's the Godfather. Uh, yeah, can can I be? Well, what what's what's right below Godfather? Fredo. <laughs> you're gonna say something like that. You could be the consigliere, but you're not. You're not. Sorry, I mean you're you're not you're not Tom. You can't do that. Who's Tom? Rob, Robert Duvall from The Godfather. Oh. He's the consigliere. Yeah, I remember. I don't really watch that. He's Godfather like the advisor, yet. the guy who like solves disputes and stuff. He, he's like he went to law school. He's the smartest guy. In the, oh, I want to be Tom. I want to be the Wolf. Yeah, like 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 Wolf in, in Pulp Fiction, right? You're, you're no, not, yeah. not not at all. Like Wolf I'm Winston Pulp Wolf. No, that's not that's not who you are. Yeah, that's all right. Whoa. No, you're, you're you're creepy uncle. I'm sorry. It's, no. it's, it's established. I picture creepy uncle. I just picture the uncle from Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, that's kind of who when, you are. When, when Charlie's trying to tell him about like when he finds out he lied about the Mister Belding, the uncle's just sitting there, just like creepily looking at him. That's that's exactly who you are. Uh, sorry. Let's take our first break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about the the buzz around Louisville Notre Dame this week. Some things that I've heard over the last 24 hours or so. Uh, spoiler alert: Notre Dame fans not very worried about this game. Uh, I, I'll go into depth. I'll give some, some examples. They are, I think, the narrative surrounding this game, both nationally and 
within the two programs' fan bases has flipped a lot from where it was this summer. We'll get into that after the break. We'll take some text from you guys at 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line. Download that Refreshing Rewards app. Become a Refreshing Rewards member. Save yourself some money inside, outside, any one of the areas, 54,926 area Thornton's locations. Do all that and then text us at 502-414-1450. All right, we'll be right back with more of the Mike Rutherford Show. Two, Thursday edition here on 1450-961, The Big X. It's the American Pie, doesn't it? No, it's thinking of the old McDonald's commercial. Oh, okay. You'll always have a friend wearing big red shoes. Yeah, I, I actually <laughs> remember that one. I just think of Chris Klein dancing through the locker room and stuff would be like, oh, my Lord. <laughs> oh my what the? <laughs> There's a theme today, though. Oh, there is? Yeah. What was the first song? Uh, my, my Boys Imagine Dragons. Believer. Believer. So you, it, I think it's just like believing in the magic of an upset this weekend. So Everything's got believe in it. Yep. Right. I like that. Which God love it. You know that means I get not one but two monkey songs. Oh, can't wait. I know you can't. I love the monkeys. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. The Thornton sex line. We'll get you guys just in just a second. Before we do that though, I, I, I've been as the week goes on, I've been listening to more Notre Dame stuff, reading more Notre Dame stuff, looking at some of the national perspectives on this weekend's game, and it reminded me of. Like this summer when the, the schedules were coming out across the country. I don't know if you even remember the story, TK, but like when I went on vacation with my wife's family, we played golf and we got teamed up with a like a, a duo. It was a father-son duo that was from, I think, just outside of Columbus. So they're big Ohio State fans. I think I remember this, I think. Yeah, remember the, the dad was super nice. The kid was kind of a chotch. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the kid was, was like the third hole. He's like, great drive, dude. Like joking. I was like, we don't know each other well. You can't, <laughs> you can't do that. You can't even tell me my middle name. Therefore, you cannot make fun of my golf game. He's like, get it there, Sally, on the putting green. I was like, who are you? What, what, what is this? <laughs> but anyways. Wrong tee there, Sally. <laughs> we were talk- I, I was playing with my buddy Walsh, who's the, like a huge Notre Dame fan, like the, only, the only Notre Dame fan that I really know, like diehard Notre Dame fan. And we were kind of, you know, he was chopping it up with the Ohio State guys because they had that game on the schedule for the end of September, and they were kind of going back and forth about how, how good do you think you're going to be. And I remember I was like, I'm just telling you guys right now, circle it. Louisville's beating Notre Dame first weekend of October. It's happening. Notre Dame's got USC the next weekend. Like, we got Jeff Brom. He's only fantastic in big games, all this stuff. And the son and the dad were both like, we feel like that's become so much of a trendy pick that it's not going to happen. He's like, everybody is circling that. It's almost too obvious at this point. All these, all, all the talking head shows on ESPN are like Louisville over Notre Dame, dangerous spot for the Irish, circle that one, Jeff Brom and Big, like, they're saying all the same stuff. So we don't think it's actually going to happen. And I was like, yeah, I, I kind of, I guess I didn't realize at that time, maybe I wasn't digesting as much national college football stuff in the middle of the summer as they were. But apparently it was like it was when the schedules came out. There were a lot of people that were doing the the Seth Davis on Selection Sunday thing, where it's like, oh, I like that upset right there. Circle it. And since then, 
you would think that this would be a narrative that would continue on into this week. Louisville's five and zero in the top twenty-five. Notre Dame's five and one, but they haven't looked particularly dominant. Uh, you know, they they were their only loss was a very very close loss that they probably should have won against Ohio State, but they got bailed out a little bit last week against Duke uh, with, with a crazy drive. It's not like they've been just blowing out the best teams in their schedule, and yet I look around and when I see people trying to give their predictions on this game, give their overarching feelings on this game. It seems like there's a lot of, I think that Notre Dame is going to win and win fairly handily because Louisville hasn't played anybody, and they're sort of a fraud at 5-0, and which surprises me. You, you would think that if you thought going into the season that Jeff Brom is a upset specialist and you know, Notre Dame coming into the house, you know, to Louisville's house with a record crowd, night game, ABC, all this stuff, you would think that that narrative would only grow and that your confidence in an upset would only become stronger. And yet I feel like it's the exact opposite. I, I feel like now all the Notre Dame fans seem to be very confident in this game. They're all kind of putting, you know, I feel like every time I read one of their predictions or one of their preview posts, it's like it, there's some reference to USC next week. Like they, they are definitely very much looking ahead. Now they're allowed to do that. The players don't, but it's strange to me that we are kind of looked at as this, yeah. You know, they're a cute little team. It's fine. They'll have a nice little crowd there, but not a real legitimate threat. And the fact that the national guys seem to be backing that up, even locally, there were seven. There are seven sports writers at the Courier Journal now. Six of them picked Notre Dame. Is it really? Yeah, I know. I can name like three of them, but nobody knew. <laughs> it's a different era, but uh, but but they are very much like like it seems like Louisville is not the trendy upset pick that they were going into the season, which is kind of crazy since we're five and zero and we're ranked. Does that surprise you at all a little bit that we haven't heard more buzz nationally about what keep an eye, like look out for Louisville against Notre Dame? If if you'd gone into the, the season with the mindset of you said, you know, Jed Brom does, you know, the upsets and, and, and all that stuff. It's only three forty one, I'm not giving you a drink yet. You didn't say yeah, yeah. I know I was I'm I'm, I'm keeping him sober at least until four thirty, maybe ish. Maybe four twenty. So if that if that was your mindset and then you're out and, and you flipped and you're going, I don't think that, that doesn't make sense. Now, if you didn't have that mindset going the season, and you look at what Louisville's done from afar without watching any games, and even watching the games, maybe so, but even just from afar and looking at the schedule, yeah, I, if I was like living in Iowa or Wyoming or something, and I was playing, and I hadn't really watched Louisville play this year, and I'd seen what I'd seen about Notre Dame, and I looked at the schedules and kind of went from my bet looking at schedules, I'd probably bet Notre Dame too because, I mean, look, Louisville's kind of gotten by skin of their teeth. Excuse me. From, again, looking at just the numbers against a bad Indiana team that we know, a bad NC State team that we know, and an NC State team that we know got smoked by right. Notre Dame. We've seen what Georgia Tech has done since that game. I mean, obviously, Boston College is at least maybe you would think the exception to the rule. So if I if I was doing that, yeah, I could I can completely understand where and maybe we're being maybe I am being a little biased where I think Louisville has a better chance. Then again, I've also watched all Louisville's games. I can tell you that you know the the. The outcome, the, the on the paper, does not dictate how the game went completely. Exactly, and I and I, mean, and I think that's true for a lot of things. But if you are looking at it that way, I completely understand where you think Notre Dame probably is going to walk in this game. One of the things that makes me more confident in Louisville's ability to at least be right there in the fourth quarter in this game is that, yeah, you can say that we've played a bad schedule and we're five and zero, but it does make me feel better that all these analytical models that look at the just the numbers, the pure numbers, they all say that we're a top twenty five team, almost all of them. Like we, we are like we should have beaten NC State according to the box score and the way that the game played out by like 17 points. 
we just shot ourselves in the foot a little bit. We did. Typically, those things even out. But it's just it's surprising to me that nobody seems to be, and I don't, I don't want to do the whole nobody's giving us a chance, but kind of nobody's giving us a chance in this game. <laughs> and it's only a six-and-a-half-point spread. It, it dropped to five-and-a-half yesterday. It's back to six-and-a-half today. It's six at a couple of books, but more uh, than not have it at six-and-a-half. But I, I looked at the... I haven't even looked at DraftKings yet on it. It's DraftKings has it at six as of right That's now. That's okay. But it was six and a half at virtually every other book today. So it's gone back up a little bit since yesterday. I don't know what changed. Maybe. I normally don't look at those until Friday nights, the night before or the day of. But I looked at the, the South Bend Tribune, which is, I, I know Tom Noy because he's a, he, he does I know Tom Noy. I've interviewed him. Great. Yeah, I've, I've had him on multiple times. He's really good for basketball stuff. He covers mm-hmm. the Irish for football too, but they have four full-time riders there. And you know these these are objective writers. These aren't Notre Dame fanboys. I can name one South Bend Tribune writer, and I can't name one a Louisville. Well, you can name a Louisville. You can name a Courier Journal writer. Uh, uh, CM, uh, what's his name? Right? Uh, I mean, you know, you should know CL Brown. He worked here for yeah. like fifteen. Years. Yeah, CL Brown. Yeah. Uh, but so, Ooh, I can name one of me. Alexis Cubitt is, is is good too. She's yeah, she's done a great job. I know job. that name. Yeah, Brooks Holton's good. We talked about his stories on on the show. But I think the other writers are like the, the other full time employees are more of their like editors and stuff like that. Uh, but the the South Bend Tribune has four full-time sports staffers, and they asked them to make their predictions for this weekend's game. I mean, they're very quick reads, so this, this will be quick. Tom Noy said Notre Dame 31, Louisville 13. This is a get-in, get-out, and get-on-to-USC situation for the Irish, who ran a gamut of emotions the previous two games. They won't in this one. That's the kind of attitude I like to hear from a team. Mike Berardino says Notre Dame 28, Louisville 17. Notre Dame keeps the good vibes rolling with a three-peat against well-traveled QB Jack Plummer. You do kind of forget that he's played them three straight years with three different teams. <laughs> did, did California play him last year? Yeah, Cal played him 24-17. It's hilarious. Michael Wanball says, Notre Dame 31, Louisville 20. Cardinals are averaging 37 points per game but struggled against a good NC State defense. The Irish D is holding oppon- opponents to more than 18 points below their scoring average. And then Austin Huff said, Notre Dame 34, Louisville 17. It's been a nice start to the season for Louisville, but they haven't faced a test like Notre Dame yet. The Irish get the win, and they get ready for a mega showdown with USC next week. So none of these riders, who are objective, they're not Notre Dame fanboys, have this being a single-digit game. They all think Notre Dame wins by 11-plus, and then, as they say, moves on to bigger and better tests against USC next week. So there's not a lot of fear there. I mean, I, I want to kind of point out that if you're a Notre Dame fan and you're using the, uh, we've been we've had success, we've never had trouble with Jack Plummer and his previous stops before, I mean, you can't say that and not realize that we have dominated your your quarterback in his previous stop before as well. And also, it's not like they dominated Cal last year. They beat him 24-17. Yeah, you can't be like, oh, we've owned Plummer. Really? Because we've owned Hartman. Bring it. What, what do you got next? I'm I'm bringing up the – because Notre Dame fans have all been doing this. They, they very much dismiss the Sam Hartman six turnovers, which I get. Like, he's he has a much better supporting cast. So does Jack. This year at Notre Dame. He has – it's a different offense. Our defense doesn't blitz nearly as much as we did last year. You know, all that stuff. It, it's all valid. But I'm bringing it up as much as possible because I feel like they hate it. And I feel like I'm trying to <laughs> manifest it. So every time I go, I'm like, did you know that, that a year ago, Sam Hartman quarterbacked a number 10 team into LNN Stadium, and he walked out with a 27-point ass-kicking where he turned the ball over six times in one quarter. And they're like, yeah, but it's di-. I'm like, no, he did it. He's. I, I will say, like – because I'm joking when I when I say that, but well, mainly because it was Cardinal Stadium then. It was, <laughs> but but if you're if you're Sam Hartman, and this is a, a, a legitimate question, if you're Sam Hartman, and let's say the first drive of the game, you get blitzed and you fumble, or you get pressured and you throw a pick, wouldn't it have to creep in your mind a little bit if it happens that early? Now, if we if we let him get comfortable 
and he leads the Irish on an easy 75-yard scoring drive where there's no pressure, and all he has to do is make a couple of easy throws over the middle and hand the ball off to Estime, then that's different. But I feel like if he screws up early in this game, he's going to get a little jittery. Like, like He'll have a little bit of PTSD. I know. I mean, I would. I feel like most people would if you had like the worst game of your life in a building and you're back there less than a year later and it's starting to happen again. It'd be like, you know, a team that's prone to early upsets in the NCAA tournament falling behind at halftime against a 15 seed a year after losing to a 14 seed. It starts to get in your head a little bit. I think so, but I don't think it has to be early. I think just if he turns the ball over at any point in the first half or in the third quarter, I mean, it would start to creep in going, oh, Lord, this isn't the, the floodgates, right? You know, especially if it's a close game at that point. Nev Campbell stream, too. I mean, it's happening again. It's happening it? again, yeah. Well, somebody hired Jamie, Jamie Kennedy. He's going to get stabbed. You know, Spoiler! Spring stream, <laughs> too. Spoiler. <laughs> he dies in that one, doesn't he? He's always dead. Yeah, yeah he, I can remember he, he died. He died. Yeah, I, can remember, I always get the second and third one mixed up a little bit because they both sucked. Her but, mom was a whore. Yeah, the second one's got, yeah, Lori Metcalf, yeah. No, no, Lori Metcalf's the second one, right, with the mom. The mom is, well, when you find out her full pass is the third one. Oh, oh, yeah, you're right. With the, and she goes to Hollywood, yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was that was bad, yeah. I, I take that back. The second one was actually good compared to the third one. It was, I agree. <laughs> that says a lot about it. But, uh, yeah, I think, but, I mean, just any point turnover, I mean, you would like to, I would hope to think that it starts, you know, a flashback of PTSD, as you mentioned, in his head that, you know, maybe he has a good drive to open the game and the next drive, or, you know, we, we do cause a fumble or a pick, and he starts thinking, oh, Lord, is this going to be the end? Because the, the turnover, you know, Buffet didn't start until it was late third quarter in last night, last year. Well, it was the entire third quarter. Was it the entire third quarter? Yeah, okay. all those turnovers were in the third quarter. Beautiful. I think we should hold up threes after the second quarter. Just everyone's like, three. <laughs> or start chanting Hartman. I mean, it. can we show highlights of that, that third quarter? Like, oh, I'd love to. On the big screen at one point during the game. Like With yakety sacks on in the background. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was the game last year. I don't know if you remember this. So we had, unf- like, we had a bunch of stuff going on. It was the only day that we could do John's birthday party, and so like when it when it happened, I was like, "You've got to be kidding me! I can't believe that you know the game. This, this timing was terrible." Is his birthday coming up this weekend again? No, we've we got scheduled for the bye week this year. Okay, when, but when is his actual birthday? His actual birthday is the twenty seventh, but we're okay, doing the party was, the week before the twenty first. I remember it was October. I can never remember which date. Though. Yeah. So last year, it's like during the party and. Thankfully, I'm able to watch like the first half without, but like we're doing presents and stuff during the third quarter, and all I hear is like every time we're trying to open a gift, like it's like my dad's like another one, and like I keep looking up and we're racing the other way with the ball again. Like what the hell is going on? I kept thinking while I was looking up at a replay, uh, but so yeah. it was your kid's party, but dad got all the gifts. Basically, it was a hell of a day. This is a one-year-old party too. I mean, we he both really, won. He didn't, he didn't really need to know what was going on. No, we just had. It was basically just having fun. Yeah, in, any party for the one-year-old parties are always for the parents. It's not nothing to do with the kids. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he enjoyed himself. He got some good stuff. The parents yeah, celebrating. Had, it's been a year since he's been here. Or pretty much. Here. I mean, the same for the two-year-olds. He, he doesn't really. Yeah. Two-year, I don't want to guess two-year-olds, but two-year-olds can at least grasp the toys. At least he grasped the toys last year. No, uh, he was into it. Virginia was like very. Virginia was like speaking in full sentences at one. She, she was like, "Thank you very much for my present." <laughs> John at two is like, I fail to believe one year old Virginia was that polite. <laughs> uh, she was. It was. An, it took until she got two. No, she got a little she, attitude. She, yeah, she turned. Okay, she was sweet until she asked. Yeah. Like, <laughs> why do you know so many words? Until John came around, and then she was like, I hate this. I'm gonna start being mean. And here we go. <laughs> but yeah, John's John at two is is very much still in the like. He'll just like, truck Google nonsense and then just start laughing his ass off, which is his new thing. Which he's great. He's he's awesome. But uh, yeah, we've avoided that problem for this year. But last year it was definitely it was definitely a distraction. 
But I, I, I would be in favor of playing that montage. Is that in poor taste to, to play it like as we come out for I the second half? I don't think so at all. With yakety sacks. Well, we'll just save it for every turnover. For each time they come out, like in the beginning of the game, every time Notre Dame comes out for their uh, possession, we'll just play one of the turnovers. Get those go. However, you can do it. Get in his head a little bit. <laughs> this is the memoriam. Like, <laughs> play some sad music and watching Sam Hartman turn the ball over. <laughs> I, I, I would look, look if I'm him. I'm thinking about it a little bit, but every Notre Dame fan that I've listened to this week has just dismissed it as, you know, he's got a better run game this year. He's got a better line. Louisville doesn't blitz as much. He's got better weapons. They do have two of their best receivers coming back this week uh, as well after being hurt, which is poor timing for us. Uh, we'll see if they, those guys get involved in the passing game a little bit more because it's been a lot of tight end usage for Hartman. And they haven't taken Not a— Not really. I've got one of their tight ends in my fantasy league. Trust me, I ain't using them that much. Well, their leading receivers are tight end, so— I must have the other one. Yeah, I was going to say, did you draft Notre Dame's backup tight end? In a, no, in I had league? I had Mason Taylor, who you hated LSU, and he was okay, but then he got hurt, so I, had, I dropped yeah, him. Mitchell Evans is their leading receiver. Yeah, it's not the guy I got. So you drafted the backup No, I signed him. I didn't draft him. Well, that's still a terrible signing. And for the record, I am still number one in that league. I am. By the way, he's their third string tight end. He's not even their, he's not, no, he's, they have three tight ends that have caught passes this year. None of them are the guy you're talking about. Well, you don't even know what I'm talking He said his name yet. I thought you just said his name. No, no, Mason Taylor was the guy for LSU. I oh, think. I thought you said, I thought that's. I have Holden Stays. He is their second leading. Okay. He hasn't done crap for me the more since I picked him up, though. He's got four touchdown catches. Not, not, not with me. He only has caught six passes this year. He's their goal line guy. Six catches, four of them have been for touchdowns. It don't matter. I'm being carried by Ray Davis and uh, Jawar Johnson, Jawar Jordan for the most part, anyway. Ray Davis is a good pick. But yeah, he's, he's been really good for me. One of the things that's been interesting to, to follow with Notre Dame is they're all, the, the, the fan riders are surprised that they haven't taken more deep shots downfield with Hartman in the passing game. Like If you look at it, they're very much a, you know, while we're ex- an explosive offense that we thrive on plays of 40 yards or more, we're the second best explosive offense, explosive play offense in the entire country. But we have, you know, we struggled a little bit in the red zone recently. We have not done well there. A lot of that's Plummer's decision-making. We did not run the ball very well against NC State. Notre Dame's kind of the opposite. They, they're big on sustained drives, estimate getting you know, five, six, seven yards per carry, and then Sam Hartman exploiting the middle of zone defenses and hitting his tight end or hitting Chris Tyree over the middle. They're not doing a ton of, of deep shots. And I think Notre Dame fans are waiting to see more of that, and I wonder if they start busting that out a, a little bit more against this Louisville defense, trying to get some big hitters uh, and, and you know really just put the pressure on our offense to respond. But regardless, I say bring it. I mean, we need to bring a ton of pressure. If there's been one frustrating thing with Ron English and the defense so far this year, it's been when we don't bring pressure, we sit back and we just get kind of picked apart. We cannot get. I know Ashton Gelade is is the leader in the country in quarterback pressures, but we're not getting home when we're just rushing three or four, and we're also not getting coverage stops because our zone is getting exploited. There have been a ton of times. I mean, we are the 126th offense when it comes to stopping big plays. As good as we are at picking up big plays, we've given up about as many on the defensive side of the ball. And we've also been lucky a couple of times because there have been a, a handful of plays in like the, the Murray State game, the Georgia Tech game, the Indiana game, where they've had dudes wide open and their quarterbacks have just misfired. So if we're not getting pressure on the, on the opposing quarterback, I, as much as I like our corners and our safeties, I feel like we're going to get picked apart by Hartman, who does not make unless it's against us in the third quarter last year, a ton of bad decisions. No interceptions going into this game, 14 touchdown passes. He's been really, really accurate. He seems to make the right decisions. That's what you get when you have a guy that's played college football since the Clinton administration. And if we don't 
make him uncomfortable by bringing a ton of heat, I worry about our defense defense being able to to hold up. I would like to see Ron English all systems go. If we get give up a couple of big plays, that's fine. Let's get them back with sacks and turnovers. You know, it, this is a true fact. Sam Hartman actually once voted for George uh, W's dad for president. George H W. Yeah, George H W. He was a supporter. He was a supporter. He voted for him. He loved Dan Quayle. <laughs> he spells potato. Potato y. <laughs> that forgotten. People still remember how Dan Quayle forgot to spell potato. Remember when that was the, the biggest scandal that we had with politicians? That was, that was, that was like viral before you hit viral, right? It was. Like, and, and now I'm I like, mean, that's nothing. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we, I mean that's, uh, people have already forgotten that H puked on Japan's president. We got guys falling asleep and getting <laughs> indicted four times. Like, we were. <laughs> I miss those scandals. The days we have spent. <laughs> we got two 80-year-olds out here battling for who knows less. Like, it's just, yeah. bring Make Dan Quell president now. The sad thing is, I don't know if either one of them can spell potato either. Well, right now, I don't know. Yeah. Me and Biden would be like, with sour cream? My friends and I were talking about the election the other day, and one of my buddies goes, my dad's only 71. I don't trust him to park a car. He's like, he's like how do we trust well, these then, guys did, to run Didn't the you see Pete Carroll? Like the, the, the Seahawks coach is like 79 and looks acting like he's like 22. He's not. How old is Pete he's, Carroll? He's in his 70s. Is he really? I, thought, I would have guessed he was like 67. I'm pretty sure because they said it during the game. Though, they were 72. Like, yeah, they were like, this man's over 70. Yeah, usually, you know. He's, he's the, definitely the exception to the rule. Typically, white men don't age that gracefully. He has aged very well. He he looks like the old. Yeah, we usually go downhill around around seventy though. Sixty five to seventy is when we start start hitting the. Big we don't have a lot of Leonard Leonard Hamiltons out there. We're like, how old is he? I can't <laughs> believe he's only. Usually we show our age. I think people look at me oh, now and they're like, you're that. only thirty nine. I thought you were sixty two. <laughs> I'm asking them when they ask me. <laughs> yeah, Leonard Hamilton being seventy five is still crazy. He looks like he's forty. But yeah, Pete Carroll is definitely one of the one of the only. Now well, you know what they say. What's that? It doesn't crack. Yeah, I've heard that. But Pete, Pete Carroll is one of the only guys that I look at. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised he's that old. He looks like he could still be in his late 50s. Not just look, but he's just he's competent too in his 70s. He's very competent. He's got like, it all like together. Luke Holtz is like 80-something, and he's like fighting now Ryan Day. <laughs> Honestly, and not backing down either, which I love. No, no. Did you, do you see, so Lou Holtz is technically a, uh, I guess, a, a coach's poll voter. And he dropped Ohio State five spots this week, <laughs> which I could not applaud. First of all, he should not have a vote. But second of all, if he does have a vote, it's a coach. It's hilarious that he's like, you know what? You can take shots at me. <laughs> Boom. I'm dropping you five spots. He's going to drop him out of the top 25. He dropped him from like five to ten after, after, after not playing or whatever. Because uh, they didn't play last week, I don't think. If it was, really? Ohio State? Yeah, who they play? Because they, they, they have Maryland this week. I don't think they played anybody last week. I don't think they did either. I think they were, well, yeah, they, they didn't play anybody since Notre Dame, yeah. Yeah, so he so he dropped them five spots on their bye week because he got into a public feud with their head coach. You know, you know they're going to beat Maryland or something, or, and he's just going to bring it up. He's like, "This is for Lou Holtz." It's going to be just a complete rivalry between Ohio State fans and Lou. You should ask Danny last yesterday about that. What's the what's the feeling towards Lou Holtz in Columbus right now? Oh, I would love to know. <laughs> Can you be our correspondent up there? We just bring him on once a week. Few- How's the Lou Holtz feelings going on there in Columbus, there, Danny? Got a few other thoughts on this, but we got to go to break. When we come back, we'll we'll share a couple other thoughts, and we'll turn things over to you guys on the Thornton Stacks line at 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show, Thursday edition. We hate the Rudigers here on 1450 and 96.1, the Big X.
Then what happened? Then Rudy's dad made fun of Mike Rutherford. Rudy's dad's dad. It didn't matter. Because Notre Dame lost. You, you ruined. Jack Plummer. You, you ruined. Ooh, you ruined. We threw a touchdown to Jamal Reed Thrash over the middle. Rudy's dad, both fictional and real, are, are both dead. That's in poor taste right there. Wait a minute. Ned Betty's dead? Yes. When? Like within the last year and a half, I want to say. Last two years, he's definitely died. Oh, I thought Ned Betty was still with us. Ned Betty died on June 13th, 2021. Oh, well, I'm kind of sad now. I really didn't know he was dead. I'm sorry to break this to you. I'm, I'm, I guarantee Are you, you lying to me like you did in the article? I guarantee that you knew at one point you've just forgotten. Uh, that I guarantee as well. Yeah. I, I was second that guarantee. I probably I probably mourned it when it happened. And just completely, but I, dude, I, I, can't, I can't keep track of all the passings. I mean, unfortunately, when you get to our age, I mean, it's, it's, it's Sad the people you grew up watching, you gotta always question yourself whether they're still with us or not. I think you just kind of err on the side of assuming that they have passed. <laughs> More than likely, yes. and then you're pleasantly surprised when they're still. <laughs> that's, that's kind of the best way to look at it, right? But yeah, we we have made um, mortal enemies out of the Rudiger family. I should say I'm, I'm not going to lump Trevor into that. I have made mortal enemies out of the Rudiger. <laughs> yeah, family. they still support me. I'm the one that gave them the, your your address and phone number. We hate Rudy. Rudy. <laughs> the thing is, I can't. I still love every time I turn on Rudy. It's such a beautifully shot movie. I love the music. Like I just, I, I enjoy Rudy. I can't hate it. But the Ruger family has, has they've put out a uh, a fatwa on me. They hate me. They want me gone. And I feel like now it's uh, Saturday's I games mean, have even more higher stakes. Rudy is so loved that they even put it on the BYU channel. Do they really? Yes. I one day I was flipping through. That's the, weird on so many levels. There's two questions to, to be asked here. How is it on the BYU channel? And B, why do you have the BYU channel? I don't know why I have this channel to answer the second of it's those like questions. A Catholic, I mean, they're, they're Mormon. It's a Catholic channel. I, but I was slipping through there one day, and because the BYU channel is right, like right next to my Pac-10, Pac-12 network, and I just happened to notice Rudy on the guy. I'm like, "Ooh, Rudy!" So I stopped watching. And the edited version of Rudy on the BYU network is just—I mean, they they bleep out the word God. What? Yes. There's there's a moment where like, I, I, they, <laughs> poor what's his name, like it sounds like um, uh, you, spoiler. There are a decent amount of religious themes in this movie. I'm trying to think what, what's his name, uh, Favre, 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 yeah. Uh, he sounds like he's like watching Whip of Wall Street on TBS because you know he says the word God so many times and it's like bleeping it out every time he's saying it. Well, he says GD. He does, and they bleep the whole thing out. But they, they even also bleep out anytime just somebody said the word God. They bleep out like, when Rudy says, "Oh, thank God," when he gets yes. in. Did, I, I can't. I imagine they just like skip over the entirety of the scene where the priest is like, "I've learned two things in my time." As a, I mean, they might. there is a God. I'm not him. <laughs> I can't. I didn't watch the whole thing at that time, but it was slightly entertaining. Just some of the editing that was done to this movie. On the path of fact, yes, you're right. It is on a Mormon channel. It's very strange. That is insane, yes. I'm, I'm figuring somebody was just like, hey, it's it's a football movie. Let's put it on here. And it's Notre Dame. Like, BYU and Notre Dame don't get along, right? No. They, they've played a decent amount of time. Yeah, I, I feel so. like Notre Dame has, has kind of kicked their ass a lot. It was one of the more uh, questionable things I've had. That's very, very strange. It is. Last segment, we were talking about how the, the, the national and local narrative, at least outside of the, the Louisville world, has, it, has kind of flipped from the summer when a lot of people were circling this as a potential upset, it doesn't seem like we're getting a lot of 
a lot of love. And I don't want to, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to do the whole, like, nobody believes in us, nobody likes us. But it's kind of what's out there right now. All the national writers seem to be picking Notre Dame. All the Notre Dame objective writers seem to think the Fighting Irish win this thing handily. All the, the fan writers seem to think the same thing as well. I listened to a little bit of the, the One Foot Down is the SB Nation site for Notre Dame. And because of the USC game. What? Because of the USC game. Correct. They, they're, they're pretty good. They get outside the box a little bit. They like to, there's some gallus humor. But their podcast, and I wasn't expecting this, but Louisville fans found this. They kind of just trashed Louisville the entire time. And there's a there's a snippet that the State of Louisville guys found where they're talking about how, you know, because a big part of the, the, the story of this game is we're going to have a record crowd. Is the environment going to be too much for Notre Dame? All this stuff. Like, how much of a, a factor will this play? And the guy, one of the, their guys is like, I was there in 2019. And they called that a sellout. At the time, it was the, it still is, the most attended game in the history of UofL football. And he was like, it was pathetic. There were empty sections. They had tarped off part of the, the stadium, which is not true. Uh, he, he does make a point to talk about the the Adidas seats being out there and being visible because nobody's there. Like, all this stuff. And he's like, it's not going to be a factor at all. Like, their fan base sucks. Their, their, their fan base is not a serious football fan base. Uh, they're, they're not going to play be a factor. There's going to be open seats there. All this stuff. I don't think that's going to be the case for this game. Like, I wasn't there in 2019. I was getting ready to have uh, Virginia was about to be born. But my understanding is, yeah, it, it was the most attended game in the history of Louisville, of Louisville football. But there were some empty seats. But you got to remember, like that was we were a two touchdown underdog. I think we were like a seventeen point underdog. While there was excitement about a new head coach and, and Notre Dame coming to town and all that stuff, there weren't as many reasons to be fired up for this game. This one, this is an event. I, I know I've said that a bunch this week, but it absolutely is. We're in the top twenty-five. We're undefeated. The excitement for Jeff Brom coming home is a different level of excitement than hiring a guy in Scott Satterfield who we really didn't know a whole lot about. It is still Notre Dame. They're in the top 10. We're into October. The weather's going to be perfect. Like this, I, I'm, I'm expecting this to be a different level of environment than we've seen in, in recent years. And you can ask, I mean, look, ask Florida State in 2016 how much the environment played in that game. Ask West Virginia in 2006 how much the environment played in that game. Ask Florida State in 2002 how much the environment played in the game. Louisville can be a, a an intimidating place to play in the right circumstances. And I think all of those circumstances are going to be at play on Saturday. I mean, if, first of all, we have you have a third kid. We're gonna we're aiming for a summer birth here. We need to get off this this, this football era during kids' birthdays. Well, Virginia was supposed to be late on. <laughs> so she we, kept us waiting as long as she possibly could. <laughs> she would have lived in that womb for another two months, I think. That's the first thing we're gonna work on for kid number three. We're, we're, we're shooting for a June birth, okay? Uh, second, um, I mean, yeah, I listen. If you want to be Notre Dame and talk down to our fan base, that's fine. I mean, whatever. I mean. We're not trying to act like our fan base doesn't act like we're Notre Dame. No, we're not. I mean, we're not trying to act like we were some you know coming into the swamp or anything like that. I mean, no, that's that's we're, we're a basketball school anyway. I mean, not to saying that we can't bring support and love, but I'm just, but don't those that don't talk down and act like we're you're, you're just your nose is so high up, which it's kind of hard to do when you're Notre Dame fan to, to avoid doing probably, but. If we can bring an atmosphere, and I don't remember how what the 2019 exactly felt like, I remember it being a decent crowd. I mean, it was, yeah, that's the first Blackout. game. Yeah, and, you know, you had the excitement of a new coach. Yeah, it was a close game for most of the night. And it was, yeah, it was. I mean, I think they ended scoring, then they scored late to make it 30, like 35, 14 or something. 31, like that. 17, I think was the final. Okay, somewhere in there. So, uh, 
But yeah, but if this, I mean, and I don't know, maybe if this game can match, you know, a blackout or 2016 Florida State level, I, I don't think, I don't, I don't imagine it could be. Cause that's hard to do. But if it can get anywhere near it, then you know what? If you're not impressed by that Notre Dame fans, then I don't know what to tell you. I mean, because I think that will be a great crowd, and I think it will be. Listen, our crowds have intimidated your quarterback before, so don't get him in too cocky. I think it's going to be wild. Like, I, I really and truly do. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just being overly optimistic about our fan base turning out for this game. But I feel like I'm just I'm hearing more people talk about this. I'm seeing more excitement. I mean, we have you know, you know I went to games with season tickets for a decade. Like I, we were always going to games from you know, the end of the the first Petrino era up until the pandemic, basically. And you know, m- most of my friends now have kids. It's it's harder for us to get out there. We used to live for Saturdays. We had a big like tailgate thread. You know, everybody was talking about what they're going to bring. We're talking about getting there at like 4 a.m. so we could start drinking very early. I tried to have kids and ruin it all. They re- it really did. Like, it, the, the, the kids <laughs> just threw a, a wrench in all those plans. It just it ruined the Saturdays. It changed everything. Speech for John's Hopefully we party. can get back there in a few <laughs> in a few years. Maybe we can make it back. But like this week, we brought back the old tailgate thread. Like, we've, we, like all my friends, like everybody I know is going to this game, it feels like. And everyone's excited. Everyone's trying to get out there as early as possible. Uh, I know there are a bunch of different tailgates planned throughout the area. Like I, like I think this is going to be the best environment that we've had for a home game since that 2017 Clemson game, which you can say what you will about the result, but it was a fantastic environment. We gave that team the best opportunity possible. We just had a defense that we found out later was awful, and we never really had a chance to win that game. I, I think it's going to be I'm, – I'm trying to see things through the lens of a Notre Dame fan, though, and I – I get it a little bit because if you're Notre Dame, I mean, you just did this last week against Duke, right? Where it's yeah, this is one of the biggest home games in Duke football history, and it's a, it's a program that you look down on. And is it really going to be a factor? And I guess you can just roll your eyes and say, you know, we do this every week. Every game that we play when we go on the road is one of the biggest games that this this team and this fan base. We're, people are always going to get up for us. But I would counter with your head coach and multiple players on your team said after last weekend's game that the environment in Durham was absolutely a factor in the game being so close and Notre Dame almost being beaten. And oh, I would say we can match Notre Dame. We have a much bigger stadium. Yeah. We have a much prouder football fan base, larger football fan base. Mm-hmm. We've had games like this. This is not our first rodeo. The sta- I mean this is I- I'm excited to hear the stadium because since we closed it up, we haven't had a game like this where I think the fans have had an opportunity to be in full throat for a full four quarters against a Huge opponent. The 2019 game was was great, but they sort of seized control in the third quarter and things died down. I think it's going to be loud inside there. Like like you know, closing the stadium should make the decibel level higher. Like if you had an issue with playing at Duke last week, I think you're absolutely going to have an issue with playing at Louisville this weekend. And again, maybe I'm being these are rosy glasses and, and I'm being overly optimistic, but I would be. I stand by that statement. If, if Duke intimidated you at all or, or played a factor in what you were doing. It's definitely going to be a factor again this weekend, and I would say doubly so. I would agree with that 100%. I would like to think so. I mean, if it doesn't, we will sort of duke their best effort, and we're giving one of our best efforts in football fanhood, then we may need to look in the mirror and have a conversation with ourselves. So don't roll your eyes, Duke fan or Notre Dame fans. Looking down on us. like We're reaching a point where I'm going to like drunk tweet the Ruger family if we win on Saturday night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> your dad was a bit... <laughs> No, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't go to the Rudiger family as much as I don't know. Maybe unless it's not, unless it's Frank, you can attack Frank all you want. He deserves it. You all are just as dumb as that priest thought your dad was when he wouldn't let him on the bus to even see the camera. No, you need to dish. 
Yeah, the refs told us if you had half the heart that the little boy, <laughs> the Jack Plummer had, you could have won in Cardinal Stadium or Ellen Stillers. <laughs> Ramon Perrier's a real walk-on. Just throw Pete, just throw Pete quotes at him all day. <laughs> Dreams are what makes life tolerable. Oh, we, sorry, we just dashed all of yours. <laughs> so picture Jack wearing the, like a Letterman little jacket. He was born to wear that jacket. <laughs> Through all my life's years as a football fan, I've learned two things. There is a God. Brom is him. <laughs> and, you, and Notre Dame sucks. <laughs> Get ugly. You can't go chasing. We're going to make you go chasing into the cloth. <laughs> the other the other national prediction I saw today uh, from somebody who has no no skin in the game here with Louisville Notre Dame is Tom Fornelli of CBS. He, he, was make, he does six... Of his best bets, because everything's about gambling now. Six of his best bets for the weekend ahead. And today, he did the Louisville-Notre Dame game. He said, if there's ever been a time for Louisville to prove me wrong, it's this week, and I'm very much open to being convinced. To this point, I am not. I know the Cardinals are 5-0, and but I don't think this team is nearly as good as that record would suggest. This isn't to say that they haven't played well or don't deserve to be ranked. It's more that they faced two good defenses and struggled to move the ball in both games, even if they ultimately won. Notre Dame will be the best defense that they've seen, and while the game is at home, I don't think that'll be enough. The Fighting Irish were favorites of roughly the same size on the road last week against Duke, and they covered. Duke is a better team than Louisville, particularly on Mm. defense. While Ohio State and Duke were able to get stops against the Irish, I'm not as confident in the Cardinals' defense. Louisville gets plenty of pressure on opposing quarterbacks, but it seldom gets home. This Notre Dame offensive line is far and away the best one the Cardinals have faced. I wouldn't be surprised if this looks like last week's game, with the Irish making more plays in the fourth quarter than Louisville does to close it out. Pick Notre Dame to cover the minus six. Duke's defense really that much better than ours? I mean, who knows? Yeah, I was going to say. They held Clemson to seven points, but Clemson also left like, ball over, yeah. they, they left a ton of points on, on the field. Yeah, and their other two games, they, they held down Northwestern Connecticut. Two offenses that are clearly aren't blowing down the right. door. I mean, so. I mean, maybe. I mean, you, maybe you're right. I mean, there's no debate. I wouldn't say but, but, but I think you could say maybe about our defense. Like, like mm-hmm. we haven't exactly given up a ton of – Boston College scored 28. I think 14 of those you can attribute to us being up by 40 points in the second half and laying down a little bit. But, like, we haven't exactly – I mean, I guess BC, Georgia Tech scored more against us than they probably should have. It was on one quarter, though. It was all in the third quarter, basically. Yeah, and then again, and we mentioned Indiana had one really – only one drive, scoring drive, and the other one was off an onside kick. They just caught us off guard. So yeah, I mean, I'm not saying our defense is you know the the, the 92 Eagles, but yeah, I mean, but I don't, I wouldn't say Duke's is definitively better than ours just from right now without, and I've watched Duke play, so I, I think I can say that fairly. Is any of this changing your the TK confidence level has stayed the same on Tuesday and Wednesday? Where are we today? Let's, where's our vibe check? One to ten, one being no chance to win, ten being we're definitely going to win. Where are you for this game on Saturday right now? I don't like all the South Bend people picking us to get blown out because I have flashbacks to the Georgia Tech people picking that game close when we thought it wasn't going to be. And it turned out they were they were righter than we were because um, they're writers. Get it? Uh, get it? <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm walking out on that joke right there. Bye! Uh, but in my confidence level, I mean, it wasn't like a, I was at like 5.9 yesterday. You know what? I'm, I'm a little bit up. Okay, all right. I'm a little bit up because clearly you've got another Rudiger family skin, and that that shows that they they're rattled. There's something that, that, that for there. Um, I'm going. I'm going six point three confidence. Not a big boom, not not a gold rush boom, 
1876? Was that when the gold rush was? No. no. When was the gold rush? Uh, what do the San Francisco, what does the San Francisco team call themselves? The 49ers? You know why? 1849? Yes, that's correct. They all yeah. made the, they all made the trek out west in 1848 and called themselves 49ers because that was the year that they thought they were all going to get really rich. All right. And opposed to Charlotte, who are the 49ers, because I believe because of the interstate, right? Just no reason. They just like the number 49. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, I forgot completely what I was talking about. It's fine. About. Can I Confidence you- level 6.2. No, you said 6.3. 6.4. I just went up again. No, 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 no. Can I tell you why I like 6.3? Why? Because Sam Hartman turned the ball over six times in the third quarter. Ooh, last time he played. <laughs> I like it. Look at this. Look at this. There's a reason why we, we, we are in such sync. Uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton sex line on six of text. There were rumors yesterday after after me and Danny were doing so well that, that the request of us just dropping you completely. It could be TK and DS. Well, I think we were going to go podcast Trevor and the radio Danny. It's a very wordy title. And then we hashtag it like PTAR. Wait a minute. Hold on. Never mind. No, no, we're not doing that. You guys were vibing. You had a lot of. I just, I just, I just spelled that out and realized what it spelled. I, I don't even want to know. <laughs> PTARD. Texas says, please ban the Rudiger family from the Big X. We haven't done this in a while. No. It's official. You know what? Rudiger family, boom, you're banned. Nah, you know what? All the ones I would want on the show have passed anyway. So it's fine. They're all out. I could care. Less. I could care less about the third niece in the family. Well, Rudy's alive. Yeah, but Rudy was. Yeah, you know, he. I mean, I'm more. I'm more supportive of Papa than than Papa than I was Rudy. Why do we even start doing the band thing? I remember because it was a national story. You no, know, yeah, I think. I, well, I think it started with me, you saying that no one's ever coming on because of me. Like I think no, <laughs> it, it started because somebody did the. Thing. There was a, a national person who was like on their radio station was like, "You're banned from ever coming on here." And did not consult with like the rest of the the radio staff. And I was like, I'm just gonna start doing that now. Like, like you know, I don't care this what KRC just thinks. The window and scared the crap out of me. Oh, good. I was like, I don't care what KRC thinks or Dennis or Spears. Like, I'm just gonna start banning people from the entire station. But I can't remember what the national story was. But anyways, we haven't we haven't banned anybody in a while. But the Ruger family, they're all they're all banned. It's a family ban, <laughs> fan ban. Peace out, Frank. <laughs> You're gone. Was, was, was Frank even real? I don't think I Frank just, was even a real What person. was the other brother's name? It was Frank and something, wasn't it? The, the, the girlfriend boinker? <laughs> we, man, we've, we've, had, we've been down this rabbit hole once before where we couldn't remember his name either. They only say it like twice. Uh, yeah. No, the, the girlfriend boinker. <laughs> that's, what that's what he's called. That's his, that's his real there, name. There was three brothers then because there, there was also another one too that was like nice. There was Frank and... The girlfriend boinker. Well, the boinker like, is nice. Like he's 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 very polite about the fact that he's. And I, and, I, and you know what? It's not. His, I can't. You can't get mad at him. She. He's the one. Rudy dumped her. He just kind of picked up the piece because he didn't want to get married at nineteen. Well, he, well, no, he wasn't nineteen. He's like twenty three. No, he's like twenty one when when she puts the pressure on him. I'm pretty sure because he says he's been out of college for four years and he'd been high school, high school. So he'd been closer to twenty two. He's like twenty one. I mean, we know he can drink. We do know that. Yeah, when it, once he gets to Holy Cross. Yeah, he's, but he's then, at least but then again, drinking might have been 18 at that point in Indiana. I can't remember. They, I, I forget when all the states moved up to 21. Officially. Still. So he's in He's in, we, we, we know he's in his 20s. Just in, calm down. Calm down, girlfriend. And like in real life, though, doesn't he go like to the Marines or something, I think? Oh, I've got no idea. I think he even mentions it in the movie. He, did, he does service before he went out of high school. I don't think that ever happened in the movie. I mean, I, I, I didn't mention it. I could be wrong. I had to go back and watch it. I should know because I know the movie better than you do. I can quote it better. You don't at all. (laughs) Texas, is any chance... uh, Johnny. Any any chance of having Trevor call the Rudiger acting as your attorney or PR representative and getting to the bottom of their issues? (laughs) That would be funny, actually. (laughs) Texas, Friday music idea. 
play music from the uh, football games. Finish off with Joker and the Thief to get ready for Saturday. Well, we know what we're going to finish off with on Friday. Yeah. There's only one song. But uh, tomorrow, I mean, would it be bad if I went with, like, I, I, I would say about Rudy's soundtrack, but that feel like it's bad vibes. Yeah, we, that's, you know, no one's doing that. Is there, yeah. a, is there a song that's called Bleep Rudy? <laughs> I'm just going to play the sad songs during the movie when he gets rejected from, the, from Notre Dame every time. <laughs> we play that song. I just typed in those two words in, in, in quotes on Google, F word and, and Rudy. The first result is a song by Little Boom that's called <laughs> F Rudy Gobert. <laughs> Rudy Gobert. F Rudy Gobert. Oh, the guy touched a few mics. Let him be, man. It's a long song, too. It's got a lot of love. It's from um, March 12th, 2020. Yeah, the height of the pandemic. Somebody wrote somebody, quick work. Oh, I bet, yeah. Very quick work by Little Boom to turn this song out in a well, short time. Leave it to the music industry now. Take advantage of something. Texas, I can't believe I'm saying this right now. But I'm on Trevor's side without question. Oh, yeah. You're wrong. You can stop right there. I don't think he's that much of an a-hole in the movie. Just Thank a classic old-school, blue-collar, Midwestern dad. Yes. Somebody responded to my... You see how proud he is when his, when his kid gets into Notre Dame? And then you know what he does? He offers him a job. offers him some help. He offers him two weeks in the death, mil- death trap Oh, it's not a death trap. He's trying to help him out. He's like, you want to earn some money. And then do you see what, Rudy, what, what he does when Rudy says he's going to try to make the football team? Hangs his head in shame. He does not. His, the gif is on the post. You didn't even read the post. Well, I read the post when you first showed it to me. Well, you didn't read it. Because right after that, I, I, say, I send the reaction. He, like, hangs his head. He's like, I can't believe I ever He's not hanging his head. head. He's looking down at the letter. He, no, he hangs his head. That's the reaction. Watch the movie. I, I think you need to watch the movie. You've already misquoted it. I've watched the it. movie. I've watched the movie. Who's this kid who keeps looking in my window? Is he still doing it? He did it, like, three times, and he keeps scaring me. I told you last week, all the fans come out. <laughs> for for big game week shows, like I, I am seeing something, right? Like I keep seeing a, a kid's head like pop, like to just over real quick and then disappear. It's raining outside. This feels like a Twilight Zone situation where very... you're not on the plane. You're not actually. You're the only one seeing the monster. I'm getting a little. I'm not gonna. I'm a little scared. What were you smoking out there before the show? I apparently, something. I'm not gonna smoke again. <laughs> Texas says that's the... getting retired. <laughs> Texas says the best of three wild card series in baseball is infinitely better than a one game series. So it's a win for the sport to me. Uh, yeah, but the one-game series was just two teams. Yeah, and that was just for, for the, the 2020 year, right? No, no, they, they did a one-game 2020 year was like, it was best of three for, they, they had eight different series. But the they used to, before they expanded the wild card, it was the two wild card teams played a one-game playoff. Uh, Whoever got in played the the other divisional winner. I think you. I think you're on my side with this a little bit. Like I'm okay with not doing seven game series, but I think it should be five, five, seven, seven. Like five wild card, five divisional, seven uh, ALC, uh, not AL or CS, and then seven per World Series. It just it makes it way too long, though. That's the only thing. I but, mean, but I'm, I'm still with you. It's just, but it almost also less makes more less sense than cut the wild card. Because to have a two-game series in baseball is just stupid. My issue is if it's you stupid. My, my, if you want to do the, the one-game playoff for the wild card, I agree. I didn't like it. But if you wanted to expand the playoff, that's that's one way to do it. My issue is having a three-game series with an actual divisional winner. Like the Brewers play the entire season, you know, 162 games, yeah. and, and boom, they have two bad nights against the Diamondbacks, and they're done. Like that that just feels it feels like the wrong in a way. sport that's based not based on instant gratification. Exactly. I mean, they, they, their entire basis of the sport with the season as it is, that's the case in short in the season. I mean, I, I mean, which it, is never going to happen. Then, then you need, yeah. Then, then I know you're not going to drop the wild card. But you're not going to make them best at least best out of five. Best out of five is still stretching it to me a little bit. I mean, but I'm okay with best out of five before the championship series. 
but yeah, if you're gonna have multi, yeah, before championship series, then it has to be best five. Best out of three is just it's no. By the way, even the, the NBA doesn't even do that. With the Brewers getting swept last night, the NL Central is two and twenty in the playoffs since 2019. Best division in baseball. I didn't know they might consider them the best position in baseball. No, nobody does. I mean, a lot of people I'm thought joking. AL East was, and two of their three teams are gone within within two days. I still think it's the best division in baseball. I I think yeah. I think again, I, we have 162 game sample size. You can say things pretty confidently when it comes to to baseball. I mean, I would have liked to have been able to have at least gone back to Toronto for a game, being the fact we made the playoffs, we didn't get to have a home game. Texture says two quick points. One for all of Trevor's takes on this show, his defense of Rudy's dad might be his worst. Two, I saw Rudy with the music played by a live orchestra, and it was an incredible experience. I would like to do that. That would be cool. The Rudy music is. You don't get to do that. You know, I got to. I, I've actually uh, got to talk to the, uh, the Angelo guy that made Rudy, that directed Rudy. The Rudy music's great. Danny did. I think he brought this up on the show. It was either the show or the podcast yesterday, and he did. Like he's he's had to work a couple of times around the South Bend campus, and he would get up at like six a.m. every time he did and play the Rudy music and run around campus. I was like, I can see how that would be entertaining. Like, what? When you do go to campus, like it is, oh, it is a very cool experience. No, I've been there. I actually, when I went to, uh, when I was doing my Hall of Fame tour back in thirteen, uh, I started in Chicago to do uh, uh, the Sports Jeopardy tryout. But when I was, so I was driving from Chicago to South Bend uh, to Canton, I realized I was just like right, going through basically through South Bend, and I was like, well, whenever I mean, when in Rome, right? I'm right. like, I'm gonna stop. And it actually took me a while because I, I didn't, I didn't have GPS. I'd have, well, I guess then it would be Tom Tom. Uh, and I'd have, I didn't have a nice enough fun with GPS on. So I'm just kind of like, I'm looking for the, the big dome and like trying to find it, like fall, like, <laughs> like I'm the three wise men all in one, like, like the three wise men. But like, you know, instead of three wise, I'm just like one fat and stoned trying to like go to the, the dome and find the stadium this way. And finally I just, I, I some student was walking by. Was, I don't think there was a lot of people on campus. And I was like, can you tell me where the stadium is? And I gave me slight directions and. Uh, I did finally found it, and I just walked around. I couldn't get in. I tried to get in, but they wouldn't. It was locked. It's funny you say that. The, the first time I drove down I there, I took a picture of the you know touchdown Jesus standing yeah. in front of it. Now I didn't take any selfies with myself. All of mine are just pictures of me taking it. I drove down there by myself for the 2013 basketball game, the, the five overtime game. And initially, I was like driving around trying to find my friends, and I did like the exact same thing where I ended up on campus like a one lane road driving where you're clearly not supposed <laughs> yeah, to be. And I, mean, I was like, "Where's the line? Where am I going?" But the first time I ever went to campus, we played. My AAU baseball team when I was 13, the coach's nephew was playing baseball for Notre Dame. So we went up there for like a weekend to watch him play and like stay and get to see the stuff. And it was cool, but we they took us on a tour. that We got to see the football facilities. We got to see the basketball arena. We got to practice on the field where they shot the practice scenes from Rudy, which was, was very cool. Just the feeling. Only one of my two movies to be filmed on campus, by Yeah. Way. What's the other one? Uh, the New Rockney story or whatever it was. Yeah, who cares? Back, it was whatever back in the 50s or something. But we went to the indoor practice facility for the football team. And we were like, like you know, we're 13 year old kids. We were like, they had all the track and field stuff up there. We were jumping on like the little mat that they have set out for the, for the high jump that you land on afterwards. And they kicked us out. Like they threw us out of the, uh, out, out of the building. It's like old security guard was like, you can't be doing that. Now we got to go. So like, this is like rock. <laughs> Saturday's game is You're for Charles the Dutton. Saturday's game is for the 1998 Louisville Shockers AAU baseball team. It's redemption. It's personal. Let's make a play. Wasn't a little no, that was little shooters. I was gonna say the one Jerome Harmon played for. I have no idea. There was there was we had like a it was like an indoor basketball. Like they're all like you know they call it indoor because they're all uh, indoor basketball. Yeah, league. something like it was one of those really cheap like semi leagues. I just remember because my buddy. Uh, he, 
my, my buddy's like uncle like owned a, a percentage of them or something. And uh, they were called the Louisville Shooters, and their best player was Jerome Harmon. I think it lasted like maybe six games, maybe a season. I don't know. Texas out there didn't remember the Louisville Shooters and Jerome Harmon. It was like late eighties. No, this yeah yeah like early nineties. Because yeah. Harmon was on the team in what ninety 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 one I think. He was on. He only played his freshman year with Louisville. He got kicked off. Uh, the Louisville Shooters is on his Wikipedia page. Is it? I'm Jerome Harmon's Louisville Shooters was a team. They have Louisville Shooters has their own Wikipedia page. Oh wow. They were a team from Louisville, Kentucky that competed in the Global Basketball Association. I was close during its inaugural. I think you were, the way you were laying this out made me think it was like an AAU team. No, no, I'm I'm trying to tell you it was. I type in Louisville Shooters and the bank sheet comes up. No. They they played in the Global Basketball Association during its inaugural season, and then three games into their second season, they played their home games at Louisville Gardens. Yeah. They were the. I feel like I've been to this page before, and it has to have just been because of you. Uh, the shooters <laughs> probably the shooters advanced to the playoffs in their only full season, but forfeited due to Mid Michigan Great Lakers to the Michigan Mid Great Lakers in the first round due to financial problems. <laughs> That's not good. I love the Wikipedia's like they signed Sean Woods, but then they folded. <laughs> it's the saddest Wikipedia page I've ever been to. All right, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, more text from you guys at five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. The Thornton Sex Line. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on Thursday on fourteen fifty and ninety six one. The Big X. They'll never leave you in the dark. Welcome back. Thursday edition Give of Mike Rutherford Show. 1459 the Big X. A rainy Thursday here. It needs to be a rainy Friday as well. But the good news is that rain is going to usher in, finally, some fall temperatures. It felt like summer has been like six months this year. But we will get a... It's going to be cold this weekend. I know. We're going to get some fall weather. Sweater weather uh, this weekend Sweat at Cardinal weather. Stadium. If you're heading out there, it should be, I think, the high is like 63 as of right now. So it'll be chilly when the, the sun goes down and the lights come out. It'll be a good time. I'm looking forward to it. But. To bust out the hoodie. Oh, we're, going, we're, we're back to Trevor walking around in underwear and hoodie phase. I'll wear the hoodie around the house. Oh, but for everybody else, this is like shorts and, and hoodie weather. For you, it's like underwear and, and hoodie weather. Go in the house. When I leave, I'll put some shorts on. I've got the... Are you ready for the Mike Rutherford story of the day today? I need some music for it, but okay. Mike Rutherford. Story of the day. Story of the day. Story yeah, the day. yeah, yeah. A Michigan state somehow. A Michigan State professor has been placed on administrative leave after it was discovered that he was actually a fugitive using a fake name who had been busted for running a meth lab in Louisiana before fleeing the South to avoid prosecution. And Mel Tucker, they think, is their biggest problem. Somebody said that they're like, this wasn't even a top two story in East Lansing this week. <laughs> Not condoning things, I'm just saying. <laughs> Michigan State uh, University kinesiology instructor Brendan Doyle is now on leave. Why, why is he not fired? <laughs> why, why does he have to be on leave? Well, how many can you take in geniality? Kinesiology. Oh, what is, what is that? This exactly? only happened because students found stories 
news articles linking him to a bust of a Louisiana meth lab back in March of 2020. Uh, back then, the students found it. Yeah, students found it out. They, <laughs> as tends to happen in Michigan State, the students had to be the ones that were like, "Hey, people in charge here. <laughs> Somebody should probably be looking into this. There, there's stuff going on. Heads up." Your your uh, your professor is selling meth out of the back of the classroom. In March of 2020, a uh, LaForce Parish Sheriff deputy found a meth lab under a bridge over a canal with smoke coming from a bucket. The deputy soon connected Doyle, then a professor at Nichols State University, to the lab and obtained arrest warrants, but discovered that he had fled the state. Months later, months later, they arrested Doyle after he was seen packing a moving truck at his residence. He was charged with, quote, creation or operation of a clandestine a clandestine laboratory for the unlawful manufacture of a controlled dangerous member substance. Member of the Klan? No. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, he then, uh, he, had it, he was sentenced, did not appear on the criminal background check that MSU, his sentence did not appear on the criminal background check that MSU conducted before hiring him this fall. It took students realizing that he had been linked to this. I mean, I, I'm First of all, I guess the Doyle doesn't rule. Uh, and second, uh, this story could have actually been better if it had been like, he was having the students make meth in the class. It's like a project. Well, <laughs> Several students were curious why they were taught to make a, quote, rock candy in class for, for extra credit. The thing is, if he's trying to, like, fly beneath the radar here, he did a terrible job. Because according to students, on the first day of class at Michigan State, he had a, quote, yelling outburst, telling the students, screaming at the students to, quote, shut up, and said he would not answer questions about MSU's uh, D21 assignment software because he, quote, did not know how to use it. Then on the second day of class, Doyle had, quote, another outburst, yelling at an MSU IT employee who was five minutes late to set up a live stream of the class. That was the last time that the students saw Doyle. He canceled the next three classes at the last minute, saying he had a stomach flu. <laughs> how did this you guy, hired this this guy, guy, guy get a job? What is, like, what is Michigan State doing? Like, I, this is, this is, like, if you'd been like, this is like East Lansing Community College, I'd been like, oh, okay, I guess, like, I mean, yeah, things happen. This is, it's like a, a, a I'm just supposed to, like, be a, a higher education here? I mean, this is, it's Michigan State, right? I mean, it's your state school. I mean, I guess, I guess is Michigan State a state school or Michigan? Well, technically, Michigan State would be the. Yeah, because it's got state in the name, right? right? Yeah, that's what I thought. I started to get confused on there for a second. Was there was a group me chat with other members of the class. This woman who's quoted in the story opened it, saw dozens of messages as students found press releases and news articles about the 2020 meth lab bust. Quote, everyone was really shocked, but everyone also already knew he was a little crazy from what? the first two classes. Everyone was in shock and just disappointed with the university. Hold on, wait. So he didn't even change his name? Uh he because they googled and found him. So the Louisiana he, stories called him Brendan Doyle. His, okay. At Michigan State, he referred to himself as B. Michael Doyle. <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> this bleeping guy. He wants to be Walter White I mean, so bad. That's not even clever, man. You didn't even change your last name. The only university email. Did that we the, not see what happened to Leonardo DiCaprio when he did that? And catch me if you can. He got caught. Unbelievable. There was a letter sent to students on September 15th saying they apologized for the disruption and the highly atypical start to your fall semester. Did he at least grow a fake mustache or something to hide his identity? He, he did. The picture okay. The picture of him in Louisiana is very different than the picture of him. Well, I mean, 
Actually, not really. He basically is just wearing glasses and smiling. He took he's the Clark Kent look. He's very he took the glasses off. The long hair is the same. He had a very thick beard. Uh, it's he, no, he he went to very little trouble to try and disguise his identity. I mean, he didn't even change his name really. It's shocking that he made it. To I mean, how did what is Michigan State doing? I mean, you've got you're hiring gross wrestling coaches, gross gymnastics coaches, questionable people in positions of power across the board. Uh, your, your football program is you know, doing disgusting things. Hell, they seem to on the better ones of the group. I mean, hell, basket, men's basketball had their issues, too. What's going on up there in East Lansing? What are you doing? I mean, Magic Johnson needs to stop worrying about buying pro teams and worry about where, is that, where he got his, his degree from. Fix Michigan State, Magic. I mean, come on, yeah. Quit trying to buy the, the Washington Commanders and start focusing more on what's happening in, in, in Michigan State. Is he really doing that? Yeah, he owns a percentage of them now. I had no idea. Like, he, I think it's like the Miami Marlins version, like where he owns like 1%, but he's like, but people are like, he's an owner. Oh, like, like he gets to vote on like the souvenir cups once at one home game a year. Like everyone with the Packers. Yeah, I guess. Well, not. I mean, you know, the Marlins when they like J Lo right. and uh, they were like, they have owners like J Lo and Derek Jeter, and it's like they own like a half a percent of the team. Uh, I think he's more of along that line. He's part of a group that is, that owns you know the team now, and he, I'm sure he has a very small percentage of. Similar with the Dodgers, doesn't he have? I think he has a percentage of the Dodgers ownership too. I have he? no idea. Pretty sure he does. Uh, TJ Walker texted in, by the way. Oh, what's up, TJ? He wants to give you uh, props for your gift for Lucy. Yeah, I dropped off a little present for her. Uh, did you drop it off in a Sonic bag? Yes, I did. He says a Sonic bag that seems entirely too big for a fast food restaurant. Uh, but you dropped off a little horse for Lucy. That's, yeah. Well, cause you're the best present buyer I know. Well, he's, he talked about you know how he took uh, Howie, Howard home for you know between the trips from the oh, studios. Oh, that's right. And he showed her to her, and he was you know he had to take it away from her, so I felt kind of bad. I knew she had a birthday coming up, so. I, I bought her. Uh, I couldn't get the same Howard doll because apparently that's not available anymore. But so I found another toy horse, and yes, I put it in us. That, that bag just happened to be sitting next to my chair, so I dropped it in that bag, and it's it probably is too big for fast food. That, that's 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 hilarious. I'm looking at it right now. It's, yeah, it's very large. That's, that bag holds uh, held two uh, large chili cheese tots, some corn dogs, and uh, I can't remember what else I got from there. Sonic sounds good. I'm gonna get Sonic tonight. This is very similar to the Hugsy situation from Friends, where. <laughs> Joey, Rachel's baby falls well, in love yeah, with Joey's old stuffed yeah, animal. Nice pool, yeah. They get the new one, and he's uh, he still wants the old one. Does they both want the old Hugsy? <laughs> Where's Hugsy? Original or sucky or crappy? <laughs> Lucy's gonna hate this horse. She wants the original Howard. Yeah, I hope, hopefully she uh, she. I'm sure she's spoiled with a ton of other gifts from yesterday's birthday party. So I'm sure the this the wannabe Howard will get kind of left in the, the fold. But I hope he gets to get home. I came home yesterday. I mentioned on the show earlier this week that Virginia has fully, because it's Halloween time, gotten back into Nightmare Before Christmas, and she's got the costumes and all yeah. that stuff. So she had, when I left yesterday, Mary had taken her she had a doctor's appointment, her like two-year check or four-year checkup, and she had to get three shots, which is you know, never a good time. And these are like not the baby needles anymore. They're pulling out the big boys, and it's it's scary. But she apparently did very well. The nurses were were like blown away by how how brave she was and how polite she was. So Mary was super proud of her. I come home, we have like 15 Nightmare Before Christmas things from Walgreens. <laughs> Just like little, like, you know, like a new Sally doll, like one of those little light-up things that plays the, what's this? What's this song from the movie? I was just like, yeah, well, well done. Well, oh, don't try to, I, I, I hold back. I could spoil your kids way more than I do. They're spoiled enough. I mean, if, if you let me, I would buy probably, I can't let Nick here because I don't get his kids ever anything, but he lives always in the South End, so it's, you know, it's his own fault. Um, get him some beer. I want to drive away down there. <laughs> get Duke a six. I mean, pack. I just said, just give me your dress. I'll just have Amazon drop it off to your house for you. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
But like between you and uh, and, and 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 little Lucy, I, I could I, I, I don't have any kids, so I'm I'm probably I buy his kids something every every month now. Almost I need to get because Jack's got I mean yeah he's got a, John's got a birthday coming up, so I gotta get him something. Yeah, he's got uh, what, still in the trucks, right? Still very much in the trucks. Yeah, he's got three weeks from tomorrow will be his actual birthday, which means I also have to get Virginia something too because I don't want her to feel. She's bad. fine. She gets she's she's spoiled enough. My mom is is the worst. Like she. The only thing that's saving us. So Saturday, you know, we're going to be at the game pretty much all day. Yeah, I look like a grandpa. Might as well spoil kids. Yeah. Saturday, we're, we're going to be at the game pretty much all day, and so that you know, Virginia has caught wind of us talking about the game and you know who we're going with and setting up stuff. And the only thing reason she's okay with it is because she knows Nana and Granddad are coming over, and she's like, I think Nana might have a present for me. I'm like, <laughs> she's so does. bad. I'm like, yeah, she does. Let's not, let's not get used to it. And she was like, she's like, it'll be okay if she doesn't. And she's trying to like be good, but she's like, but I bet she will. I'm like, yeah, she, I'm sure she will. Every time she comes over, she's got something. Texas says TK is more like a Fredo or Uncle Buck. I'll take Uncle Buck. And I, I can't, I can't. Be, Uncle Buck is worth taking. I mean, Fredo, I don't know. Because, again, I've only watched. I've never, you don't want to be Fredo. I don't like Godfather, really. I tried watching it once a second time. I just it insists upon itself. Yeah, it does. I like the money pit. I like the burbs, okay? The burbs is funny to me. That's good cinema. Um, I thought the burbs was a show. No, Burbs is a movie with Tom Hanks and oh, Bruce Dern and uh, I forget who else else is in it. Uh, I forget the short guys. Uh, Carrie, uh, Carrie Fisher's in it. It's a very funny movie. Very underrated 80s comedy of, of the Tom Hanks uh, filmography. R.I.P. Carrie. But, uh, yes, very much so. But, I, I yeah, Bur- I'll take Uncle Buck any day of the week. That's a compliment. Uncle Buck's definitely a compliment. I, I mean, Uncle, he's got the great line. He's like, you know, I quit smoking cigarettes. I'm on a pipe. I'm on the five-year plan. Do a pipe for five years, and then I'm doing another one for uh, the nicotine gum for five years. Like I don't have any, I don't need any money. You don't think I have any problem uh, cashing an out of party two state check, right? No, you're good. <laughs> There's my, my favorite lines. Texas, your show is coming through very well in New Albany. Awesome sound level and quality is really bad. Well, that's <laughs> that's that's New Albany. For that was you. a misleading opening text. I, th- I was about to say the only problem now now all you gotta do is find a way to get out of New Albany. Texas, the commercials are so loud in the show that they scared our dog. <laughs> I don't. I've got the dial down semi low. I can't control the, the volume. I don't think of the commercials. I'm I sorry. tuned in this afternoon again. The, the sound quality was really bad on fourteen fifty. But uh, Dugan says ninety six one is good. So maybe try the FM station. I'm sorry about the commercials. We just really want you to buy things. We're look. We're good. <laughs> we're good people to do business with. We're going to make sure that everybody hears your product. Plus, I'm just. I mean, I don't want to scare the dog. I love the dogs. Texas, what UofL really needs to do is splice together a highlight reel of all six turnovers Hartman had and then play it on the Jumbotrons as they're warming up after halftime. Agree? I mean, I think we just played all game. With Yakety Sack. <laughs> Texas says, you have to fix the volume issues with commercials. I have to stop listing live. Is anyone actually looking into this, or is this just Trevor shrugging his shoulders and doing nothing? No, I said something to Glenn. But I also just shrug my shoulders, too. I, I didn't realize how, like, this is all, all the text from the 4 o'clock hour. Uh, all from the just what about the three o'clock hour? Well, the three o'clock hour, I skipped over those because I knew it was all about just how bad that sounded at the beginning. I thought we'd gotten past it, but now it's just yeah. Texas. Y'all got to give a thirty-second commercial warning. The volume difference between the show and the commercials nearly blew the windows out of my car. Well, I think we do give a warning when you like when you like we're going to commercial and not play music. I'm gonna have we're gonna have to we sound some sort of alarm like <laughs> attention, everyone! In thirty seconds, we will be playing commercials. The sound volume is going to be much, much louder. Please adjust your volume in your car accordingly. This has been your warning. Maybe it's just me, but I think I feel like they pulled the K, uh, KRC uh, promos. Uh, I'm in here and knows as much this week. You haven't? No. 
that John Calipari? Yeah. That's on you. I feel like they Good moved job. Thank you. Because you, you hear the commercials in your room, don't you? Yeah, I can hear them through the headphones. Okay, that's what I thought. Texas, we now have definitive proof that aliens are real. Corey Price called in from one of their spaceships today. I'm assuming that's a KRC text. Oh. <laughs> I guess the phones. I, cause I, I, haven't, I haven't tried the phone. They, he does the trivia with them in, on Thursday, so yeah. So we did have an opportunity. I haven't told you this. I'm telling you this on air now for the first time. We had a chance to get, um, we had a chance to get Mike Golick on the show. They reached oh, out. Notre Dame. They, yeah, they were like former Notre Dame player. Mike Golick is available uh, this week to preview Notre Dame. Let me know if you'd be interested. And I was like, I was like, I'm not bringing Mike Golick on right now with with this phone situation. Is that because he's also a former Eagle, and you were you were afraid I was going to go gushy on him? No, I would have liked to have had. I mean, I like I, I was Keith was like, I can come on too this week, and I mean, we can't. The phones just don't don't work here. Did you reply with no? I appreciate your offer of Mike, but we prefer Bob, who was in Saved by the Bell, the college years. If you could have Bob, we have Bob Golick on and ask him nothing but Saved by the Bell college years. But that would be so great. What's Mark Paul Gosselaar like in real life? <laughs> did, did, did you ever hook up with Kelly? <laughs> we like lead in totally normally. It's like, Louisville Notre Dame, 730 this weekend, ABC, the Fighting Irish, number 10, the Cardinals, number 25. We got Bob Golick here to preview the game. And Bob, I've got to ask, what do people really think of Samuel Powers? <laughs> do you believe his memoirs? <laughs> How much of Dustin Diamond's story do you really buy? Could you beat up A.C. Slater? Who, who won an arm wrestling contest? You or AC? <laughs> Did you get to meet Albert Clifford the Lizard? I really well. That was come on. That was that was early. That was well, early. I know but that's how you may have took him to college with him. I really wanted to hate Professor Lasky. Tell me the actor was just as much of a d bag as I wanted to be. <laughs> I forget about the professor. He's like, can we talk about Sam Hartman? No, we can't. That show, by the way, may have the most like depressing like. Uh, What's a crossover episode ever? Because they they have like the one cro- NBC crossover episode, and it's like all the like I think half like three of the four of them have like passed on. Like it was like the Lucas kid from like some six feet under show or whatever. What are you, what are you talking about? The say about the Bell College years. They do like a Thanksgiving one where they bring in like crossover NBC people. I don't remember that at all. Oh yeah, and it's just like it's like I think six from Blossoms one of them, and it's like the, it's this kid who's on a show that got canceled like a week later. And another one was like a show that got canceled like a month later. It's like one of the worst crossovers on a show you could ever have. I have no recollection of that. You don't remember that? I thought no. you were like all about to say by the bell. I am. I don't remember that. It was, I never think it was a Thanksgiving episode. They only had like 10 episodes in the season. Yeah, there was not much of that. I was going to say there couldn't have been. How could you never? I just Googled it and there's nobody. There's no. There's nothing about this out there. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm, I can't Google this fast over here. I just Google Save the Bell College Years crossover episode. Or they do the, the look at the uh, Thanksgiving episode. Well, I, I don't care that much. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll look during the break. We've got like okay. five minutes here. Do we uh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Texture says, um, what's the best chant that we can start if it's evident that we're going to win at the end of the game? I vote for Big Game Brom. Go cards, meet at the beak naked. Big Game Brom. Big Game Brom. Do we, ha- do we have it? It sounds like the Phil Rich chant. Make it rain. Make it rain. <laughs> do, do we do. <laughs> Do we have a uh, a a a, a possibility of nudity in this game for any situation? What do you mean? I mean, is there is there a chance that uh, you're gonna be are you gonna hit the hit the hit the field naked if we win? Well, no, but uh, I, I'd like to get on the field. That'd be fun. Yeah, that's true. Did you see the love that Rick Bozich had on WDRB.com for our boy Greg Brom today? I saw an article, but I did not read it. It was cool. It was it was a good point. It was you know he was talking about there's been a couple of storylines this week a couple of, uh, of stories written a couple of people talking about this on the radio shows about 
you know, Jeff Brom and Brian Brom both saying thanks but no thanks to Notre Dame, turning them down, and then now being here at UofL. And Rick Bose is just like, before those guys said no to Notre Dame, there was another Brom who turned down schools and said yes to Louisville, and it was Greg Brom turning down Eastern Kentucky and Morehead State to go to Louisville. And his point was basically like, Howard Schnellberger made a brilliant move by making sure that Greg Brom came here because he and Jeff were so close. And if Howard doesn't land Jeff, then the the entire direction of the UofL football program would have probably been different. And so having Greg definitely helped in landing him. And they, like they go on to kind of tell the inside story about Jeff's recruitment. And he says Jeff actually really liked Vanderbilt, but it came down to Louisville and Notre Dame. And he said, Greg said, I think the biggest reason Jeff picked Louisville was because he fit Coach Schnellenberger's system of developing quarterbacks, but it definitely didn't hurt that I was there and he'd be rooming with his best friend for four more years. So it's it's a cool story, Greg Brom getting some shine, which is nice to see because Greg's the man. Yeah, he is. I love Greg. We all love Greg. Rick Meyer <laughs> going to Notre Dame. Five-star recruit. And you know I saw Rick Meyer in person. When? We talked <laughs> They'll tell you that. That's why I went to the Lions game. I know. Texture says. You, d- you debated Mel Gray. I, I, I did for a little bit. I love Mel Gray. Texture says, uh, Trev, get this stuff fixed before tomorrow or I'm blaming a loss on you. I didn't do nothing. Texture says, time for Trev to do what he's supposed to get paid for. You can, you I'm doing it right now. Re- really getting thrown under the bus. I get paid for crap, people. <laughs> Texture says, I attended the... The 2021 Notre Dame-Cincinnati game with friends that are Notre Dame fans. I've only had Louisville season tickets since 2016 and can name five game environments that were better than Notre Dame against a Cincinnati team that went on to make the playoff. The, the Notre, I mean, I've, I, I don't want to act like I'm talking from experience because I've only been to one Notre Dame home game, and it was the Louisville game in 2014. But it was because like, I went to that game a month and a half after I'd gone to the, the Louisville-Clemson game. For the first time. I went to Clemson in 2016 and 2014. And it's it's cool for a very different reason. Like, it, it definitely is more of a, I don't even want to say laid back. Because it's packed. And there are a lot of people cheered. There were a lot of Louisville fans at that game, too, which made it a little bit of a different atmosphere. But it's certainly not as intimidating or loud or like, ooh, I'm, I'm, I'm terrified as Clemson or as some of the other places that I've been to road games. It's it just has a different feel. I don't know how to you know how like UK fans describe their fan base a little bit at Rupp Arena for being you know the blue hairs like a little bit older, mm. a little bit more of like we're here, we're I cheering. That phrase came from by the way. Well, like you know we're here, we're cheering, but we're not. It's not like the student section's on top of you. It's not like the, the everyone's going crazy the entire time. And a lot of UK fans complain about it. I think it's kind of the same deal with Notre Dame, where it's just it's not. It's very cool to go there. It's awesome to see the history. It's not a easy environment to play in, but it's also not the most hostile in the world. Okay. All right. (laughs) Thank you for that. Uh, We got less than a minute. All right, let's go to break. We go back. Five o'clock hours up next. I've got a couple other stories to get to today. We'll rehash some of our thoughts on Louisville Notre Dame, the Thursday update, and then plenty of text from you guys on the Thornton text line at 502 414 It's the Mike Rutherford Show Thursday edition here on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X.
But it rains and I rise Wipe the sleep out from my eyes The shaven razor's cold and it stings Here we go We're up sleepy jeans Know what it mean <laughs> to a daydream believer and a Louisville Cardinals team. I want to be homecoming queen. Jeff Brom believer. <laughs> Day- Jeff Brom believer. That's the name of the song. I'm a Jeff Brom believer and a Jawar Jordan led team. <laughs> I'm a Jack Plummer led team. I was going with Jordan for pur- on purpose. No. We we gotta, we gotta give Jack the confidence, man. We need a big game from his Duarte. confidence is so low. Announcers called him Jake the whole game. Well, that was he played really well when they did that. No, maybe we need to go My back. What exactly? Him. Maybe we have a Mikhail Cunningham, Malik Cunningham type situation on our hands right now, where the, maybe, the name matters. Maybe we should even announce his name as, as Jake and a quarterback. He's like, what? I was telling Sean Moth when when the Mikhail Malik thing was happening. I'm like, just start calling Mikhail again. Like, just just who cares? Like, just we we need this to happen. Uh, we, we do have, I mean, if there, like, I, I also feel, I don't know how you feel. I don't know how much you've looked at Notre Dame. The numbers are one thing, but just watching them play a little bit, I feel like we have a chance to gouge them a little bit in the run game. I say that, you know, kind of like eh, half-heartedly because I said the same thing last week against NC State, and it was totally wrong. But their pass defense is number four in the country. Their rush defense is a bottom uh, closer to 100 in the country. They've been not great against the run, really good against the pass. They have, I mean, a guy that they're saying is going to be one of the top five cornerbacks drafted in the next NFL draft. He'll be on Jamari Thrash the entire game. NC State's Aiden White shut down Thrash pretty well last week. I'm curious to see how much we game plan to get the ball to to Jamari, despite the fact that he's going up against this kid who's you know a very elite corner. It is weird. And by the way, welcome back in the show. 1450-961. Thank Mike, you. Mike Rutherford Show and the Big Axe. I zoned out for a while, so thank you for welcoming me back. It is great. We'll talk way more about this tomorrow when we get fully into pregame and, and game day and stuff. But the makeup of this Notre Dame defense, I, I think they've got better players than NC State, but it's very similar in that like they're a, a stout defense, but they don't have the type of athleticism and outside of a couple of players, NFL prospects that you typically see from a Notre Dame defense. We see the same thing about NC State. Like they're They're good, but they're not quite as athletic and just crazy skilled as they have been in some years past. And I think the weaknesses are, are kind of the same. I think they've got a really good defensive line. Notre Dame does. They've got two really good cornerbacks. Their, their linebackers are like good college linebackers, but not guys who I think their skills are going to translate to the NFL. They're not super athletic. They're not the fastest guys in the world. And their safeties, I think, are, are their big weakness. So what I want to see... Jeff Brom do in this game. That's what you described. It's not like you're talking about NC State last That's what I'm saying. Yeah, no. Very, very similar makeup. I would love on the first drive, whatever play we ran against NC State, to get Jawar Jordan in single coverage with a linebacker and where Plummer just missed him streaking down the left sideline, mm-hmm. call that play again. Because I don't think if, if they wind up being in situations where their linebackers are forced to cover Jawar or whoever we have coming out of the backfield, I think that's a huge, huge advantage for us. Call that same play again. Let Plummer make up for his miss last week, and if he hits it, it would be a nice little start. So Call him Jake before you do it. Jake, make a play, buddy. Get out there. You put he put all that air under it. We didn't need that much air this time. You know, just just you know, make the throw, hit the throw. Uh, we are back here. It's the five o'clock hour of the Mike Rutherford Show Thursday edition. It does feel good to be this close to the game. I feel like this week has been, you know, it's been so exciting. It's been so fun. I, I love having games that are back in the national spotlight. I mean, we haven't really had a chance to do this since you and I have been doing the show together. 
where it's a week-long coverage of a game that is you know, not something that we just hear getting excited about, but that is getting something of a national spotlight. We haven't had a real national spotlight game since you and I have been doing the show. It kind of feels like, I mean, I guess the only exceptions are when we have the first game of the no, season, like the old Miss, yeah, game, the old maybe, Miss yeah. game, and then like even last year, you know, last year getting ready for Syracuse. Just because it's it's the beginning of the season and all our dreams are are still out there, our <laughs> dreams got crashed pretty quickly in both of the last two years. Yeah. So to be here in the, the the first week of October talking about a five and zero ranked Louisville team hosting a top ten Notre Dame team has been really really fun. But then also you get to a point in the week where you're like. I'm ready to be there. I, I'm ready for Saturday. I'm ready to get this thing going. Is it me? Is, is the week on slow to you? Or That's it, what I'm saying. I, okay. I think like it's been fun, but now that we're we've reached Thursday afternoon slash early Thursday evening, I'm very much ready to turn the page and be like, all right, let's start tailgating. Let's get this thing going. We've talked about. I, I, don't get me wrong. I'm excited about tomorrow's show. We'll get hyped up. We'll play. We ready. We'll get everybody fired up. We'll get going. But at a certain point, you're like, all right, yeah, let's get this thing. Let, let's get there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you're not alone in that. I woke up this morning, kind of, or this afternoon. Well, this morning, because that'd be, but like thinking to myself, like, <laughs> you know, like, like, it's only Thursday. Like, I just, I, I feel like this week has gone slow. And it's like, cause, I mean, you're right. When's the last time, short of the beginning of a season, that we've had an entire week of anticipation for a game that we're legitimately excited and it's a big game that Never. we're legitimately excited about. It's UK been, is probably the closest we've got, and that's just more like, hey, maybe we can beat these guys and it would be a cool rivalry thing. Yeah, and it's, so, I mean, it's been, what, six years? I mean, you and me did never, no, but, like, so even for Louisville fans, what, six years now? Probably, yeah, I guess maybe you talk about last year's Wake Forest game maybe, but, I mean. Even then, it was more about, like, we, were, we had three losses. It was more about, like, hey, maybe we could beat these guys. This game is cool because it's also like no one even really thought of them being number ten. In the country. It's Wake Forest. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, it, it, and it was a realistic thing that we could beat them because it was Wake Forest. We, we, <laughs> we kind of always beat Wake Forest. Like this year's game is cool because you do have that same element of man, top ten team. We could beat them. That'd be really cool to pull that type of upset. And then there's also the holy bad. bleep. If we win this, think about what this does for us. Like we're suddenly we're six and zero. We're thrust into the national conversation. We're still unbeaten in conference play. We have, you know, three games in the second half of our schedule that seem really manageable, three games that are going to be pretty tough. But, like, this is going to be like, the most exciting second half of a season we've had since 2016. Like, I, I think that element of it creates even more excitement about Saturday. It's just because it's not just, you know, when we beat Wake Forest, it was like, cool, we, we won a big game over Wake Forest. Bleep you, Dave Clawson. We stormed the field. But we still like we knew we weren't great. Like we knew yeah. we weren't going to have like this dream season. And we may not this year either. But it's it's cool to at least I have mean, those thoughts and be able to talk about it realistically in the, like at the midway point of the year. Yeah, the dream is still alive a lot better than it was after the Wake Forest win last year. I mean, that was just like you're right. Yeah, you bleep you, and bleep Wake Forest. We didn't need your notes. Sam Hartman sucks. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, I mean, and, but yeah, and, and I mean. It's you almost had to remind it probably in a few years that that was a top ten team to begin with. I had to remind you this week that it was a top exactly. ten team. Exactly. To, to I mean, and, and I'm probably not alone in being reminded of that. No, I don't think you are. And uh, more often than not, I am. But in this case, I'm not. But I'm not going to forget Notre Dame be a top ten team when we beat them. I'm not no. going to be remember. I mean, forget Notre Dame. Just, and I know it was it was cool going in there. What, was it eight? When did we go there? When, when it was eighteen or seventeen when we went there? What year did we go there? We, we went there and won in twenty fourteen. Fourteen, fourteen. We went there and that long. We went there and lost in twenty eighteen. Yeah, that was the twenty seventeen. I mean, yeah, that was a twelve seven game or what? No, 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 no. It was the. When, when, I think it was actually the twenty. Was it the twenty twenty year? Or the COVID year? I think is when we lost, and that was the the the, the really low scoring game. 
where Tommy Reese was there. I think that was because it wasn't a Lamar Jackson team, and it wasn't the 2018. No, the, the year we lost to him down there, the, the low screen game. I thought it was was that was it 20 or 21? I think it was it was either 20 or 21. Yeah, because that was it was 12 to seven because we were right. up, we were up seven to six and they scored and we should have won that game. Yeah, and uh, there was a bad call in that game. I remember that really ticked me off. But. That was the that was the, a, a a classic Scott Satterfield type game where it was yeah, like, how do we lose this? You know, we should we really should have won. Yeah, it was it was the COVID year, 2020. It's been 2014 that we went down there and won with Bob. It's been that long. Yeah, it was the. Remember, I was, I was talking about it. it was the first where I went to Clemson and then I, I went to that. It was the last game of the regular season. It's just insane. It's just insane to me to think it's been 10 years almost. God, that that is nuts. <laughs> See, now you're dwelling in it. Yeah. Like, like, good Lord, you're right. It has been almost two. When you say it like that, it's like, good man. Well, because I like, I remember being, I, I was married. Like, Mary and I went down there. Like, you know, a whole all of our friends went up there. And it was I still had energy. I, yeah, was, you I, still, was, I was still getting laid. I mean. uh, yeah, it was still, it, it, it doesn't feel like we've been, yeah, we're, I mean, this is, coming up, this will be our 10-year anniversary next year. So that is, it's kind of crazy to think about. So, but, uh, I mean, it's, it, it's. And it's just, it is definitely, and not that I'm not saying there won't be many of them in the future, and there, I mean, there's going to be a chance at at least two of them possibly coming up the rest of the season, or at least particularly one, if not two. Uh, just a, a already early signature win for this Brom era. Yeah. In Louisville. I mean, you're going to, I'm nothing against Duke, but like at Miami, and I think the Kentucky game have our opportunities for what you air quote signature games. Duke could be ranked, but. I mean, for all we know, in five years, Duke will be back to normal Duke, and we'll be like, oh, yeah, Duke was ranked that year. I forgot. They're like Wake Forest of last year, so to speak. Yeah, I can see that. So, but but Miami is always going to be Miami, regardless whether they're down or up or not. And Kentucky's obviously a robbery game. So, but it's, I mean, it's, it is a good signature win. Something that, you know, you talk about Satterfield, he, he had that opportunity as well in his first game to get that, you know, right off the bat. And it kind of was a, a foreshadowing of the Satterfield era at Louisville. This one, uh, I think, could be different by getting the win, which not to spoiler what I'm going to predict on tomorrow, but I think that that, uh, that that that's what this could be and will be. I mean, that was one of the things about the Satterfield era is those games that you would, like you said, you know, beating a Wake Forest top 10 team is cool, but it doesn't it, it resonates less than beating like a number 21 Kentucky team or a 20 Notre Dame team or you know Miami or Florida. Miami unranked or Clemson unranked, yeah. for God's sake. And we never won those games no. when he was here. You know, we were so close to beating Clemson multiple times when Satterfield was here, never got the job done. We're never really close to beating Kentucky. It did no. not get the job done there. And, you know, twice against Notre Dame, we played good halves and still couldn't get it done. We did beat Florida State, but they were bad Florida State, like really bad Florida State teams. Um, and then we also had a chance to beat a good Florida State team last year and spit the bit completely. So, that was one of the big disappointing things of the Satterfield is you just you never felt like you had those signature wins, though the wins that I like. Bozich wrote a good thing today describing it as like a Schnellenberger win. If, if we're able to win this weekend, one of those things that you look at and say it's a building block towards the ultimate goal of getting this program you know, more in the national spotlight on a consistent basis. And I mean, I'm hoping it happens this weekend. It would be huge, huge for not just this season, but for I think the the overall feeling and the sentiment surrounding the Jeff Brom era. Let me ask you this question because somebody asked it before the start of the season and we both gave the same answer. And now that we're right here on on the precipice of the Notre Dame game, I wonder if we're going to have a different answer. But if you could pick a guaranteed victory in one game, do you choose Notre Dame or do you choose Kentucky? I'm not saying if you don't, if you pick what? one, you definitely lose the other. Yeah, yeah. You, you roll the dice and you take your chances in the other. Which one would you rather have the guaranteed victory in? I don't know. If you asked me this before, I can't remember what I said before. I probably said Kentucky. We both said Kentucky yeah, at the start I would, of the season. Yeah, I probably think so. Um, I mean, no. I mean, 
I kind of want to honestly. I, I I think I changed my answer to Notre Dame now. I'm kind of leaning towards changing too because at this point now, nothing not against Kentucky. I mean, it's it, a Kentucky win resonates obviously huge inside these state lines. You beat Notre Dame seven thirty ABC prime time. You know they're top ten. It's a big deal. It's it's something that's gonna yeah that that's something where. Uh, you know, maybe a, a random recruit in Florida or Georgia may see and be like, hmm, I'm, I might go there. Opposed to, no, again, no disrespect, but it was being Kentucky, you know, that Georgia recruit didn't see in that. And they can say the same thing about us, too. Like, you know, would oh, you rather would, beat Georgia or Louisville? Like, you know, if they, I was Kentucky, I would, I would pick Georgia. Georgia yeah. Harpy. yeah, I'd probably maybe say Alabama, to be honest with you. But. Well, yeah, I'd pick <laughs> both. I think, I think it's, I think it's no disrespect to ourselves, but I think that's, yeah. that's a pretty obvious choice. Plus, I mean, with their, in their perspective, I mean, they pretty much had their way with us. Exactly. That's, it's, a little, it's a little bit of a different question. <laughs> but with us, I mean, and I'm not saying that I, I, I think that Kentucky is more likable, is, is an easier victory that I don't need to guarantee a win with it, with this hypothetical of, of, of you know, our genie and a lamp get, wishes here. But I would say, that I, I just think, yeah, I mean, Notre Dame is, which is, it would just, it would just mean more, not just locally, but on these grand scale things. I mean, you do that, and you get a helmet sticker, possibly. It's a tough question because I do think— you still think, watch college football final? I yeah, not really. I, I do. I like it. I think our rationale going into the season was if we are going to take steps towards getting Louisville football back to where we want it to be and where we expect it to be, you know, one of the things that has to happen is we have to seize control of the rivalry uh, again. And, and like beating Kentucky after getting dominated so thoroughly for the last four years— would be a, a nice little sign, especially since it's the last game of the regular season. A nice little message to the fan base that you, know, you hired the right guy. We're well, going we'll in the right direction. Game, I would assume, but yeah. Well, yeah, but, it, but you know, you think about that game still more than a lot of times the bowl game gets a little bit looked over. And yeah. even when it doesn't, you have like a month to marinate on the last game before you play the bowl game. Ah, but so, not this year because we'll be in the BCS tournament, baby. BCS tournament, whatever they call it, I don't care. <laughs> Good lord, what's it called? To the cost of the playoff. Playoff, yeah. But beating, I mean, the playoffs. That's called the playoffs. And, and who's to say, you know, Kentucky? Maybe, like, who knows what they're going to do the rest of the year? They could be like a top fifteen team when we play them too. Like, you, you don't know how big that win could potentially be. But the reason why I lean towards switching my answer to Notre Dame right now is, you feel like after this, you've got a, a, a what should be, I'm saying should, manageable game on the road against Pitt, who is dramatically underachieved. They just benched Phil, Phil Dracovich today, so that, you know we, we're probably not going to face him. Who knows what they've got at the backup if that was the best that they had going into the season. You you feel like you should win that game at this point. That puts you in a position where you're going into Halloween weekend, undefeated, 7-0, probably ranked somewhere around the top 15, 4-0 in conference play, dreaming the biggest of dreams. Like We've never been in that type of situation because even in, in 2013 when we were 9-0, like we knew we weren't going to go to the the championship game. Like our schedule was was not good enough. I guess it was was, was that yeah twenty twenty twelve. I mean the Sugar Bowl year. Like we knew that it was a it was it was a miracle if even if we went twelve and zero that we were going to get to play for the national title. Like you get to seven and zero in the ACC with the you know wins over Notre Dame and and potentially wins down the road against Kentucky and Miami. Like you're going to make the the playoff if you win the conference championship game. Like that'll be exciting to dream about. So I kind of switched my answer just because I want those extra weeks to. To keep the magic going a little bit. Oh, the Sugar Bowl year. That was the year I got whiplash talking to all UK fans. Because before the going into the game, they were talking about how Florida's so good and they're dominant. And Florida's awesome in their defense. And we're going to get crushed. I think most of our fans did the same thing. And then after the game, Kentucky fans, they sucked. They were the worst one-loss team in SEC history. They weren't any good anyway. I'm like, 
I thought it was. Can I get a neck I thought it was brace were, here? I, mean, I thought it was. They were, they were disinterested. They didn't care. That part that was that, that, was that came thing. up too. But most most of mine were like, oh, they just they weren't even that. Good. Look at their schedule. I'm like, <laughs> I did. You were pointing it out to me in a complete opposite light. Yeah, they were first to go. They were being talked about as one of the best defenses in the history of college football going yeah, into that game. And then like, it was like, <laughs> I did love it too because like you know at that point in time Kentucky had lost like 45 straight games or whatever it was to Florida. And it was like, oh, we only needed one chance. I know that was the other best part. <laughs> Plus, I was there, so it was awesome. God, I'm jealous. So that would mean 7-0 going to the Duke game, right? 7-0 going into the Duke game, yeah, which would be a huge deal as well. And if Duke possibly continues to bounce back and knocks off NC State and Florida going, Florida State going to that game, which I wouldn't mind them doing maybe as well. Maybe like a top-10 team. Yeah, that would be a, that would be kind of a, a, a maybe another blackout game a little bit. I don't know if they'll do like a theme, but they will, it'd be a huge deal. We would get... It'd be a lot like this week. Now, probably a little bit less because it's not the the name brand recognition, but it would still be. I mean, you could argue it was more. It'd be more important because you have could it be our, championship rights. We thought we 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 lost our chance this week with it. Could we maybe get game day on that day? You I mean, possibly for sure. I mean, let's look at the other matchups. But yeah, I want to give a shout out to uh, Jesse on Instagram. My guy messaged me and just said, "I just want you to know." He said this earlier today. Made my day. I want you guys to know. You guys make my day better every day. Leaving work, I get to listen and laugh all the way home. The comedic duo is top notch. The at Trevor Kelsey on the Josh Hurd tweet running running tweet is an all timer. I don't even know if you saw me do that. Uh, he said, "I mean, I almost had a wreck yesterday when TK said I cut one, so I had to open the window." Next stop, Radio Hall of Fame. Thank you, Jesse. We appreciate. Well, thank. You. I'm glad. I'm, I, yeah, I, I, that's what I'm here for is entertain people. I did like the so Josh Hurd. He's like changes for this week's run before the game. We're going at 7:30, and like I just tagged you. I'm like, want to make sure you see. Oh, it did you get today? That's what. It, yeah. Oh, so I didn't all know. I did was under his tweet say at Trevor Kelsey. <laughs> I'm bad about Twitter because when I get here, I go on Twitter on the station, but it's a station account. So oh, I, I never, yeah, I usually almost always don't see my, uh, I never click on my own Twitter account until usually like after the show and I'm just now seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. If you are oh, doing I got a bunch of tags, good Lord. If you are doing the game day run slash walk with the AD, they are switching it up this week. They're going to meet at Jim Patterson stadium at seven 30. They're going to head South on Southern Parkway towards Iroquois park, uh, coffee across the street afterwards. He's looking forward to it. Trevor's looking forward to it. My guy Brian Satori was like, "Well, Uber Eats deliver it." With Jim Nick, Patterson. what? You mean Nick Coffee? No. Oh, I was, I was like, okay, I'll hang out with Nick. I love Nick. <laughs> I do too. But I this is, like, uh, I think, this is going to coffee across that that little uh, Starbucks across from Jim Patterson. Ah, okay. Well, seven thirty in the morning. You got what? up at six to take the ACT. No, no, not wasn't that early, was it? I thought oh. no, I took ACT. I had to be there at eight, so I got up at like seven o'clock. Oh, okay. I just remember you texted me I, strangely I, early. Hey, I tell you, I didn't run. Uh, you didn't have to run. You can just hang out. Okay. <laughs> the king of the hill. I told you about the Bobby Fun run. I would love to see you in a I, you, rascal. You went 60 feet. I went until it was fun. Then it was fun no more. So I stopped. The image in my head of like everybody everybody taking off running. And then like the, the, the crowd of runners peels off so you can slowly start to see from the side of the road. A rascal just going like one mile an hour behind him. I picture the 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 the. the, the I don't know if they have a starter gun or not, but in my head they do. I don't think they do. Well, in my mind they will. And they're like everybody on your marks, get set, go, and hit the starter gun. And everybody runs out, and is is it all like the parts like the Red Sea with Moses? You just see me still standing there as I light a cigarette. I'm like, oh, what? what huh? Did somebody say something? The rascal is funny. You being like very focused, like I'm a part of this. I'm doing it too. <laughs> just cruising around, just following I think the a rascal. 
Uh, Texas Mike, uh, what was the name of the Italian spot that you mentioned a few days ago? Uh, I think Silvio's, I'm assuming, is what we talked about. Is that where you went to? I don't even remember why that came up. No, it's my favorite Italian restaurant in the city. No. I love Silvio's. I like, uh, I like Fazoli's. Fazoli's is good. <laughs> Great breadsticks. Actually, I'm not I going to knock Fazoli's. I'm not, and I, I'm not, you know, I tease a little bit. I always like Fazoli's just because it's the only place you go to and they, they offer a slice of pizza as a side item. Um, it does make you feel better about yourself. It does. Uh, I'm not. I'm just not a big Italian guy because I don't like marinara very much. So like, I'm very picky of my Italian, and so therefore, I don't really go to a lot of Italian restaurants. I'm Italian. It's lower on my like specific like like food type list. What would be number one? Chinese. Uh, you man. do like Chinese food. I love I, I love Asian cuisine. I mean, I love Thai food probably more than than Chinese. Does this fall under the same umbrella a little bit or no? A little bit, but okay. they're they're definitely different. They are. Thai, well, Thai food spicier. Thai food is spicier. Yeah, I know that. I've had Thai food. So I guess it is. there is differences, but it's still kind of it's different, but dissimilar. I, mean, I would say Thai food is probably my favorite. Um, see, mine's probably Mexican. I love I like Mexican. Yeah, I love tacos, obviously. I, mean, I do like Italian. I mean, I mean Valare is, is very good as well, but Silvio is, is my favorite. Um, I mean, I love a good. What, what, what is like? I, mean, I love a good steak. I don't know what that would fall under. Well, steak, would that fall under American? Amer- I, don't, yeah, I don't know. Now, does pizza fall under Italian? Eh, not the way we do it here. Yeah, I was gonna say okay, good because like when I think Italian, I think like spaghetti and uh, lasagna, and I do love chick. I love Alfredo. I do love Alfredo, like good chicken Alfredo. That's a good one. But that's again, I'm just not a big marinara fan. Portini is also good. Is that the Patino place? That would be the Patino place. Better, better known as the Patino place. Sad to say, that's even I know what it is. <laughs> uh, Scoot's texting him, by the way. What does Scooch want? Since I haven't gotten a single complaint of commercials being too loud, what the hell are you doing over there, TK? I, I maybe I'm. I'll try some. I'll try one thing. He was also texting me earlier, privately to my phone, which I do. I hate nothing private, Scooch. I put everything out there publicly, saying that the uh, music and the outros is too low. And I'm like, hey, tell you something. I have this thing it potted up literally as loud as it can be, and the music is coming in very low in the computers. I'm gonna. That's something on the list. Hmm. Have you not noticed the computer like coming in and out? The music is really low. Oh, I've noticed. I've noticed. Yeah, it's. I can't turn it up anymore in here. It's like the pod is maxed out. Texas says, uh, speaking of the shooters, Milt was actually Milt Wagner was on the shooters with Jerome. I went to a game at the huh. Armory when they played. I did not know that. I, I just remember Jerome being it's on. Not the on the Wikipedia page. I couldn't tell you any one other member of that team. I just remember Jerome Harmon playing on it. Texas says, Rudy is just Notre Dame propaganda. It is. I mean. I don't know. No, I know. You know what we do with our walk-ons that so show hate, great effort? You, you hate we Hoosiers. put them on scholarship. You hate Hoosiers too, don't you? No, I love Hoosiers. A buddy of mine hates Hoosiers because he thinks it's racist. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> he's, 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 yeah, like I'm going to believe the five white guys are going to beat the five black guys in 1950, whatever it was. Like that movie's racist. Well, it's, it's a true story, but it also, like, they weren't nearly the underdog that they. No, the no, trades, far like, from like it. Like, they had almost, like, gotten to the state championship the year before. They had lost in the, the, the final four the year before. Right. They were actually favorites to repeat, like, right. to go the title yeah. year. It was the coach's third year, not his first. Um, Which and, does lend itself to the racist narrative that we, like, we just assume, even though, like, everyone else, like, they were actually favorites. Well, it was white guys. How could they possibly be favorites? And the team that they beat in the title game uh, was actually based on the team they beat in the semifinals, which had Oscar Robinson on it. Oh, I did not. I don't that, know that. that what was, was the school? It's not. It's, it's, it's not Ben Davis. Cause that's what I no, always grew up thinking it was. But it's an Indianapolis City school. Um, I forget what they call it in the movie now. Off the top of my head, I shouldn't. Muncie Central. Yeah, I think that's right. Thirty-two I, to thirty. 
And been in real life, they beat Oscar Robinson in the semifinals. Um, they beat them back to back years, I think, or they maybe they lost them the year before and they beat them the senior or something like that. But that's who, yeah, they 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 moved into the finals in this game in the movie. Have you ever watched any of the full games on YouTube? Have you ever watched? Yeah, the oh yeah, that, it used to be on ESPN Classic every year. It's so boring. It's so boring. It's so bad. Bobby Plump just sits there at half court like he's raising on Rondo dribbles for like four minutes. And they take the the shot selection. They they take so long to shoot, yeah. and then they shoot like these like. From the, the like they shoot from like their belt buckle from like forty feet. I'm like, what are you guys? It is. What? And then any anytime there's any like a player to breeze on somebody, it's a foul call and it's an automatic free throw. It's really hard to watch. And the footage is very grainy as well. Well, yeah, it's I from mean, it's 1954. Exactly. It, 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 they used to play it on um, on ESPN Classic once a year, which I miss that. I'm, it's another I'm, reason to hate Indiana. I Beat know. Notre Dame. It's crazy. You, actually, you'd be surprised. Like I did some stuff for um, some sound audio for. Um, uh, uh, Dennison, he wanted like new opens, which he never used any of them, which makes me mad. But that's not here there. He hates you. Yeah, he does. And he was like, he's like, I want stuff like with I high school, high, high school, you know, Indiana high school stuff. So you go on there and you go on YouTube, you can find like footage and radio calls from all kinds of years throughout Indiana high school because of how you know popular it was all the way back into the sixties and seventies. And I remember I pulled a bunch of that stuff and used it in like sound bites for him, but he never used them because he hates me. Well, now they have like twenty two tournaments, so it's not as cool. No, 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 it, it it stopped being cool. Cowards! Like I remember as a kid watching the the the, the Ben Davis game like in Hoosier Dome in the Hoosier, you know, and being like just blown away by like being a high school game. They still bring out insane crowds, but yeah, but it's I still, can't respect. It, it's still not in the Hoosier Dome. You still don't have you know Ben Davis versus you know Bedford North and and you know seventy thousand people. I did see though, like the out of the like 200 most attended high school basketball games, like 199 of them last year were in the state of Indiana, which is kind of crazy. I think of the top 10 like biggest high school arenas, eight of them are in Indiana. I think it's more than that. I think it's all maybe more now. It's that school in Arizona that had the the Netflix show. Yeah, because I you're right because I think the last time I looked this up has been before that that school opened though. It's insane. Yeah, and I think before that opened, I think the only two were like there was one in like the Danville had one that was near the bottom of the top ten. Really, and there was one in Texas at one time that was like near the. But all the I mean, I think Silver Creek's like number three. I think it's up there in the top three or four. My guys, it's your boy. I mean, yeah, they hold a. Arena holds it's, it's like nine thousand people. It's Texas, insane. Texas is the Rudy storyline is a little worn. I mean, where is Stein? The Will Stein story. We need to make Hollywood needs to make that one happen. Yeah, at least our like at least our like walk ons. Got playing time and eventually got scholarships. They should do our story of us of, of this show coming to the Big X in in like Rudy form. They should like how <laughs> except to be like the opposite. It's like I think John Rutherford's Ramsey. fall. From I don't know grace. why I picture Ramsey as John is just Rudy's dad. Rudy's dad just <laughs> belittling me. You'll never make it over to that X boy. You can never do it by yourself. <laughs> don't get me wrong. There's a good life in being podcasting. <laughs> Are you Favreau in this situation? Yeah, I think so. You gotta, yeah. you gotta find me some love. I think so. No, you gotta find my girl. I'll do yeah. a, I'll do a radio show with you if you if you find me some love. Yeah, I'll get you. I'll, I'll get you a spot on on the station if you if you do and do it with you. I do know some girls and a lot of girls and, actually. Hey, I just gotta meet them. You have been trying to find me love. I have. That's what I'm saying. I'm like walking around the station, I'm like, hey, have you met my friend Trevor? Hey, hey, my guy TK. I'll teach you how to do radio by yourself. You, I, I mean, I would. I would go out with Estes. <laughs> she wasn't that bad. She wasn't. I mean, come I in. Mean, Hands up, marrying. Her. I feel like, yeah. I feel like. I feel like they gave her the. Uh, she's all that treatment. They're like, we'll just put some glasses on her, and she's a nerd. As if Favreau is some, some like huge catch in this in this movie. <laughs> he he does set the standards high with the women he goes after. Well, that's classic. 
classic fat rich and there's guy. You, you as Rudy lying to me, telling me she has a boyfriend when you're just not even ask her, asking her out for me. Well, I'm being trying to be nice. Trying <laughs> to save my feelings. What kind of GD stuff is this? Everything's mouthing to the book, you know. Texture says when Cameron Kelly was at UNC, he picked Hartman off twice, once in 2022 and once in 2021. He's posted both videos on his IG page. I like that. I like that, too. Although last week was like the redemption game for him because NC State had lit him up in 2021, and he responded with a fumble recovery and an interception. So it would almost be better if he'd gotten – well, I think they lost that game. So there's that. It's redemption for him again. Right? Right. I think he lost a wake both times. Maybe. I don't know. Texas is calling someone an old-fashioned Midwestern blue-collar dad not the same thing as calling them an a-hole. <laughs> <laughs> a nice way of saying Some guy responded to my, my tweet. Because, again, like, you know, most of the responses were, were positive. There was some guy that was like, it's a generation thing. Have you not heard of it? It's like me. And he tagged, I, he tagged Eric Crawford. And it was like, it's like, it's like me saying, at Eric Crawford is a meaner guy than Mike Rutherford. It's all about generations. I'm like, nobody thinks Crawford's a mean guy at all. He's like the nicest guy in the world. What are I you talking think so about? so, too. Yeah, Eric's possibly, yeah, he's really nice. I was like, I have no idea what point you're trying to make here, but it's not landing. I don't even want to call it old school. Like, I don't even think there's anything wrong with this parenting being done today that way. You're just trying to protect him. And in fact, I think what was it? I, I caught you. You were like you, I, you somehow. I got you. You where you took my side when you admitted that he was the right parent for for not blowing his expectations up so high to think that he can just go to another day. No, you didn't. I did. No, you made some. You, I uh, made you, a great you, point, and you were like, "All oh. you did." We were talking like a rapist got, dad. Like two weeks later, you're like, "Rudy's dad didn't look that bad." And no, I'm like, you're right about that. no, no. I wasn't, well, I think there was something there too. That's but, exactly what happened. No, there was something where I was. Yeah, where the, 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 he was. No, it was it was from one of the one of the a hole stories, I think. And he was like, "You were like, oh, you can't like blow up his expectations like that." And I was like, "Like Rudy's dad didn't." And you were like, "Uh, that's not what happened." You're like, "A duh, I got caught." That's not what happened. <laughs> no, it's, it's. I'm pretty sure you said duh. Shooting down your kids' dreams is terrible. It's, and, and, and also, like, let's not, not, not gloss over the point that he was wrong about everything. And he's not shooting them down. He's just trying to keep them realistic. He told him having a stupid dream is the worst thing you can do. Rudy. No, no, he told him the story of grandfather's dreams being wrong. And then his exact quote was, having a, dr- having a dream, chasing a stupid dream, does nothing but causes pain to yourself and everybody around and you. And sometimes that's quote. true. But it wasn't in this case. He's wrong. Yeah, well, he was wrong, and he admitted he was wrong. When? When he, when he found out he got an under dame. No, he didn't. He hangs his head because he's, he's trying out for it the was football a, It team. was a cut scene. It was not a cut scene. <laughs> a, I talked to the director. He said there's a scene. When he gets in, he was like, the dad's like, you know what, Rudy? I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that to you. My bad. I'm so sorry. I'm so wrong. I've grown so much. If you were a fan of the movie like I was, you would know this. <laughs> I mean, I, the other thing that, that that bothers me about this is, and I, I guarantee you're going to side with the dad again. Of course I so, am. So, you know, Rudy's gone to Holy Cross. He's gotten into Notre Dame, something that his dad said was totally unattainable. It's the It's quite literally the biggest accomplishment that any Rudiger in history has ever made. And then he's telling Wait, them. Now he's dead. He's telling him that he's on the practice team. The dad just doesn't believe him. He's like, well, I watched the games this week. No, I don't, I don't no, see you running out there. That's the brother that says that. But the dad doesn't believe him either. He's like, I think it's great that you've gotten into Notre Dame. Like, he's like, he puts his arm around him. Like, he has, he has no faith that he's actually on well, the team he, he, until he sees it with his own eyes. I mean, trust so, your son at some point. Which son are you trusting? You have two of his, those are all his kids. Well, Frank's an a-hole. Oh, so he's allowed to be an a- so he can be an a hole to his that kid because that kid's supposedly an a hole. No, but you don't believe him when he's like, I watch the games every week. Like again, I don't do you, see you do know the dad is the older one, not Frank, right? The dad doesn't believe Rudy either. <laughs> he doesn't actually say that though. Yes, he does. He puts his arm around him and he's like, it's. No, he it's just kind of chuckles and then he's like, where do you think I got these bruises from wrestling? Exactly. 
Yeah. The dad I, does not I know the movie, and it's Frank. See, and, and Frank's the one that's like, when they get to Notre Dame Stadium, and the dad's like, with the greatest line ever, you know, this is the greatest thing about it. It's all about seen. him. Yeah, it's all about him. Well, I mean. Never I, about Rudy. And then Frank's like, come on, dad, let's go. Well, you yeah, know. Frank sucks. I, I did. Frank the- sucks. I agree with Frank. You're not gonna. I'm not gonna debate Frank as a lousy brother and thing. a total DB. It's your worst. Thing. I went on the podcast today. I did rank the the worst characters in the movie, and I do have Frank at number one. Oh yeah, that's because they never even they never even bothered to have a backstory about why he hates Rudy so much. It's like, oh, he tried harder than me in high school football. Well, so also, I hate him. He also hates him even in the beginning when he wants Rudy wants to play regular. He's like, you're all time center. Yeah, what a spaz. Yeah. Is number two Rudy's girlfriend? Uh, Rudy's girl. No, two's the dad. Okay, well, I don't agree with that. Three was the the, the, the actually the the priest that is like you're really? done. No, not not from like Notre Dame. The priest from the school. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not even of... allowed to go on a field trip to look at the campus because you're so dumb. Yeah, like, he's kind of a like, how, don't 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 think about the campus. Don't look at it. Yeah. Don't even mention it. Like you're dumb. People don't get to do this. Like he's he's the, it's a very short scene. No, I know exactly the scene you're talking about when he goes to when he goes to the, uh, the, field, the school bus. On the field yeah, trip. he goes yeah. to the bus. He's like. He gives the the, the, the somebody else to, to check off names. He's like, this is for you know people with good grades and stuff. He also calls them out in class and is like, the problem with dreamers is they're so rarely achievers, which is again a terrible American lesson that we're we're learning here. I had him at three. I had the the girlfriend who boinks the brother at four. And I, I would put her above the priest, but okay. I've got the girlfriend boinking brother at five. Women, no, but the girlfriend that boinks the brother is the same girlfriend that that he dates though. They're the same person. No, but the, the the brother is, is oh five. the brother there. okay yeah. I got Johnny Johnny who yeah. tries to like act like he's the nice yeah. guy but he's like a, I mean the, I mean again I don't I don't hate on him for that I mean it's dude Rudy's the one that left her I mean he can he just it's his to brother Trevor <laughs> if you had a sibling that like had dated this girl for like seven years and they broke up I I would hope that you wouldn't be sleeping with her two months later well let's just say I wouldn't take her to the family event Trevor <laughs> you wouldn't do that I, I I'm choosing to believe you wouldn't do that. Let's take our last break. When we come back, we'll have one segment left. We'll get to as many texts as we can at 502-414-1450. Then we'll look ahead to the action tonight in both college football and the NFL. Ooh, ooh. I got money on the NFL. I already bet on three games tonight. Well, there there is football, so there's there's things to talk this about. This Kentucky game thing might be the end of me. I may be living in your basement before this end of well, that's not happening. summer. <laughs> we're right back here on 1450 and 96.1, the Big X. We're believing here on a Thursday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. journey, and I love it when it's sung by amateurs. <laughs> is it a family guy quote? It is. It's Adam West is coming out there singing Journey like in the karaoke. Oh, that's right. <laughs> they, yeah. they drop the grass. I think they drop the funeral, the, the casket, and the body goes flying out. And let's... It's Journey, and I love it when it's performed by amateurs. Well, we've got uh, we've been believing on the soundtrack all day today as we get ready to. I mean, game day show tomorrow is going to be fun. We're going to dive into the game. We're going to dive into the minutia. We're going to get excited. We're going to be pumped up. We're going to hear from you guys on the text line. I'm excited about it. But we've been getting. I mean, today we're really ramping up the enthusiasm. It feels it feels real. I mean, we're about 48 hours away, 50 hours as of right now, away from kickoff on Saturday. Tomorrow, full focus, Louisville Notre Dame. For now. We got about 15 minutes left in the show. If you want to get your thoughts heard on the Thornton's text line, it's time to step up 
and hit us up at 502-414-1450. We do. We, got, we have a decent amount to get to. Let's get, let's get some reading some texts here. Texas says, did you see that uh, Hauk's brother sold police the gun used to kill Tommy Ballard? I did see that. They What? The you know the Crystal Rogers murder in Bargetown. The other, oh, okay. They arrested Brooks Hauk, the boyfriend, yeah. a couple weeks ago. And today, you know, everyone's kind of been wondering what the the information in the indictment is. It's been, it was sealed. Like, what do they have? What evidence did they find? Because they waited so long to arrest him. And apparently today they revealed that one of the, the big smoking guns, literally, was an undercover agent. His brother, um, what's the brother's name? I can't remember the brother's name. Sold the undercover agent the gun that had actually been used to kill Tommy Ballard. So that Who was Tommy Ballard, though? Yeah, Crystal Rogers' dad. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we there's a better chance of getting a conviction against his murder than hers. Well, I mean, I think that they they have evidence uh, with him too. I think it's 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 pretty obvious. Do they have his body? He, yeah, he was shot okay. like he was out like hunting. It's just so hard to convict somebody especially when you have a body of murder. They've got his body for sure. Okay. They've got yeah, they I mean, they, worse if they get those two guys on his murder and I mean, I know it sucks that you don't have it's still hers it's kind of left unknown, but you can always just kind of just double down on the punishment for his. Well, now he has been arrested for her murder. So, I know he has. Yeah. I know. I know. I knew. He, I knew that. I saw that. I just it's just hard to. I'm, I, I imagine the evidence has got to be very interesting. This I mean, this long removed, no body to begin with. I mean, it's kind of hard to convict because they still just because they have the gun now, they still have really no idea who killed the dad. It was. It sounded like it was a professional operation. They probably. It sounds like they probably hired somebody because he got like he was. It was a sniper uh, attack basically. Was like, it? like he was out hunting. He'd been very much. He'd like made it his his life to find whoever killed Crystal and he wasn't going to stop anytime soon and he got yeah he, he got shot sort of in a, a sniper situation but that is wild information Texas says these universities will hire any piece of trash to teach these kids these days I mean it's, I don't know about these but Michigan State's right up there Michigan State just doesn't care I mean clearly I mean and you're the what happened to the Big Ten in like education and all this good stuff because nothing really matters outside of perception like they you know they have this perception of academic prestige it doesn't matter how many you know we're the rebel school because we have you know some a little bit of a stripper scandal we have strippers which by the way uh, we're not even alone in the acc and in, in trouble for strippers by the way in our school history michigan state has rampant sexual assault and hiring meth dealers and and yet somehow they don't get stigmatized the same way that we do no ridiculous no, no, no but but we're bad because we got some strippers with some kids texas says, forget the national device alert test yesterday if you want to get people's attention just throw it to commercial on the big act <laughs> That woke me up yesterday. Woke you up? It's 2.20. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you not get turned into a zombie? <laughs> no. Was that what it was supposed to do? That was the, it was a conspiracy theory that... It, the, really? That's where we're at with conspiracy theories now? Yeah. This Only if you're vaccinated. This was the government that had... Uh, when they act, I don't even know how it was supposed to work, but they were going to activate 5G through this message, and it was going to activate the nanoparticles from the vaccine... And it was going to turn everybody who was vaccinated into a zombie. So, I feel like conspiracy theories were a lot cooler when we were kids. I I, I think they were too. And the fact I don't, I don't know if it's maybe the internet has made us have to go over the edge with the conspiracy theories. I think theories. that's exactly what's okay. happening. Because now, because back in you know when we were younger, you didn't have the internet to, to you know to defy it. You could just kind of make something up. They're also being like a lot like of them are being really believed by otherwise normal people. Well, that the believing people doesn't surprise me. I mean, but it's morbid. It's kind of scary. It's just it's gets spread like stuff. Like if you want to believe certain things that are yeah, billions of people, they're bound to have a high percentage of them stupid. Like I'm fine with certain like oh, I don't trust the government in this. Like I think there's something fishy there. Like the, the, like the JFK one. If you have doubts there, moon landing, whatever. Like yeah, you know, I'm not necessarily in agreement, but like I can I can buy it. But stuff like 
the emergency test that the entire world does is going to turn people into zombies, give people more. Like, that's where you got to kind of draw the line and be like, eh, like, I don't want to associate with these people. I don't know. I feel like those are the ones that don't believe the Holocaust happened. There are those people out there, too. <laughs> I mean, believe not believing the moon landing is one thing. I can, I, again, I don't, I, I'm with you. I don't I, agree, but I can understand where you can, like, I guess go off it on that. I mean, hey, I'm the one that says, still says P. Diddy killed, you know, Tupac and, and, and Biggie, but. I mean, the Holocaust is pretty obvious, man. I mean, it's not really hard to deny it. A lot of evidence out there. Yeah, well, it wasn't like it was on the moon. Texas says the episode that Trevor's talking about of thanks it was a Thanksgiving episode and yeah. it had Jonathan Brandis. That's that, up committing, yeah, he committed suicide. He's yeah. the guy from Ladybugs. That's where I remember from. Oh, was that what he's from? He was doing. It was him. Uh, they had uh, six from uh, Brian Austin Green was on it. I can't uh, find anything about this. Marshall, I, I found the uh, IMDb. I'm looking. At it. It's oh, called, you did. It's called a Thanksgiving story. Yeah. It's got. It was uh, uh, Marv Albert, Brian Austin Green, Jonathan, Marv Albert, yes, Jonathan Brandis, uh, Jenna Von Oy, which played six, uh, and my favorite, and this is the one I forgot, Marsha Warfield. Who was that? Marsha Warfield was the uh, the 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 bailiff who replaced uh, the woman who died in uh, Night Court, oh, Black Woman, yeah, no Black Woman. She uh, she said when the woman uh, Selma died, actual the actual character died. Uh, during like the second season, they replaced her with uh, Marshall Warfield. Sounds like quite the episode. I'm gonna have to check this out. What's happened twice on NBC? That happened with her and of course Coach during uh, not the show Coach, but Coach the character on Cheers died while they were filming that, and mm. he was replaced with uh, Woody Harrelson. That that was a better replacement than Marshall Warfield. She kind of sucked. Texas, I just discovered that the Rudiger family are hardline Republicans. They're definitely banned from the Big X. I mean, I just, we have hardline Republicans here. Yeah, I have no problem with Republican. We're, uh, we're covering all uh, all sides of the office. honestly. That, does that that doesn't surprise you, does it? No, I, I did. I did take a look at a couple of the timelines. Like right underneath, I the, don't even have to. I could just feel like they seem. They feel like re- that Republican vibe from them. Right underneath the tweet to me, Dominic Rudiger had made a very um, like anti-abortion uh, tweet, and I was like, oh, uh, this is <laughs> they. Uh, yeah, they, based on the timelines, they definitely lean far right. I have friends in both both that, that are. That lean both ways. So I do too. Yeah. Texture says, I don't think they are prepared for Louisville fans that have had a full day of drinking. This is, I mean, we are going to be, a di- yeah, if Duke was intimidating you, imagine a bunch of drunk Louisville fans at 730 on Saturday night in one of the biggest games in program history. It's going to be a different, different environment. And we love our whiskey more than they do in Durham. Texture says, our student section has been bringing it. That section seems bigger than ever. I am glad to see the football student section because it, 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 there were a lot of times when I was going to games where we would have good crowds. And then you'd look over at the student section, and it would be like three-fourths. Like, the top of the student section was just totally empty. And even the people that were there, they weren't that into it. And it just, But it sounds like they've been really good. And now if we get basketball going again, because basketball had a good thing going. And then I think our when our momentum stopped, that momentum stopped as well. But it's nice to see the football student section get solid again. Texas, Same texture thought Greg and Jeff were twins. <laughs> the, the I tech, see it. Yeah, I'm like they're not. I don't think they look anything alike. They really do. I mean, I guess they do a little bit. But well, you don't have to be identical twins. You can be what, that's fraternal true. twins. Yeah, I always think I always think identical. That's where mine just automatically goes. I guess. Yeah, he uh, he is older. He's the oldest. Yeah, just a year though, right? I think so. Yeah, if not if more. If, if anything more, it's only two. But I think I think it's just a year. Texas, I hope Hartman can break a cheerleader's nose. <laughs> like throwing the ball like Johnny Mox. Well, I think that happened at, at one of our games against him. Oh, did I? I don't remember that. Yeah, we had a cheerleader break. I don't know if it was against him, though. I think it was the Duke game where a cheerleader had her nose broken by an errant pass. This person's <laughs> last text before that was over a year ago. 
Nice. Almost a year to the day, you know, October 26, 2022. And it was please stick to UFL stuff. Billy Joel played <laughs> Notre Dame. What were we talking about, Billy Joel and Notre Dame? <laughs> I don't know. I guess because we were probably talking about the sinners. The, he, didn't he get banned for that like that verse? That's what it was, yeah. At one point, yeah. Like, yeah. Texas, I love you guys, but the audio is still very poor. Streaming the show is like trying to follow the plot of a movie with subtitles on an airplane, and the pilot is stoned. Well, that sounds about right. I mean, part of that, I mean, one of us is. <laughs> There's this Notre Dame don't even got fans. Give us all them tickets. I did see that they sent more tickets back today. So hopefully we can gobble those up. Texas says, what do you, who do you think will be the former UofL player that presses the big red button before the game? My guess is Reggie Bonifon because of that 2014 Notre Dame game. I did see that they, they had Reggie talk to the team on Tuesday night, I think. And apparently it was a very impassioned speech. He's been, he, he did a podcast with the state of Louisville guys. He's been kind of all over the place. I would not be shocked at all if it is Reggie Bonifon on Saturday. That would, that would make sense. Quarterback just to a win. I know he can't because he's passed, but how cool would it have been like have Paul Horning do it or something just to rub it in their face? Oh, that'd be great. I mean, how great. I think I know he just passed. It's a couple years ago, right? Yeah, it's been a few years. Yeah. But uh, that would have been just a real like shove it in your face. That would have been good. Texas, maybe, maybe get Tony Driver to come back and do it. That's the only one I'm trying to think of. <laughs> I'm sure he's available. Texas, have you seen the news that student loan payments are set to be resumed this week? Have you sent your check in the mail yet? Not in the mail, it's all online. Yeah, mine, mine was always come out by bank account. Yeah, I mean, I, I kept paying mine even though it was suspended because it was. Mine's paid off. I, I, pay, no I paid mine off. Oh, I'm like done. Mary, Mary's got the, the worst ones though because she's got the, the but, pharmacy school. But I only had to pay for like I think I think with the two like two years worth of like student loan. I didn't have I didn't have as long as you all did because you didn't go to school as long. Exactly. Thinking ahead. I was just saying. I mean, are you, is this a joke? Or are you like are you jealous of me or insulting me? I don't you know, know, you made the right move. I, was just saying, I don't know which one you're talking about because guess what? We both end up in the same spot, buddy. If, yeah, if, I was saying, <laughs> if I hadn't gone to college or law school, guess what would have changed about my professional career? Nothing. <laughs> I'm glad I'm spending all that money. You have no idea how many people I talk to that say the, the only thing, the, the the best part about college is the people you do meet and the connections you make. And college is, is good, yeah. and it can be fun too, yeah. Texture says, instead of saying FDT, we should say FND. I don't know what that means. And it says Rudy was offsides. Uh, I'm assuming it means bleep Notre Dame. Yeah, I guess so. What were we saying that was bleep DT? Donald Trump? I was, or was he talking about when I was talking about my, 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 my Danny and Trevor show? I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know. Texas is also... Uh, and Rudy wasn't offsides. Texas is en route to the Denver airport to fly back for the game. I had serious FOMO, bought last-minute ticks and flight. This is Red Rock's guy, and this is also right. Rudy's dad sucks. Um, no, no, what sucks is the, the Denver airport. Denver airport. They're, speaking of conspiracy theories, there are all think, sorts of conspiracy theories about the Denver airport. Have you ever seen read those? Well, I mean, other than the one that's supposed to be haunted? Well, yeah, there's a lot. Like the, the, yeah. the weird horse thing they have outside. Like you, you can lose a whole night going down that rabbit hole. It's it's pretty interesting. I've been in Devonport once. It, it's, I mean, I don't know. I've been in worse airports, I'll say that. But it, was, it, wasn't, the, it wasn't the best. Texas, the third down song, the intro to Run Through the Jungle by CCR. My wife suggested and played it. It blew my mind. Keep up the good work, Mike. I mean, it wouldn't be bad. I wouldn't hate that song. I don't know. Uh, our, our guy Marty Polio texted in. What's Marty doing? What's his chiming in on? He said, with Trevor's parenting advice, we should hire him in our parent and family <laughs> engagement office at JCPS. Can't do, I mean, honestly, I don't think you could do much worse, buddy. I mean, I, I'm just, I'm assumingly hoping that you, your background checks are those on the same level of Michigan States. Texas, oh no, mom and dad are fighting about Rudy again. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's all that Texas does. Texas, Trevor, Trevor, quote, pro-bullying Kelsey, giving some hot takes on parenting there. 
again, I yes, I am pro bullying. It's it, it's nothing nothing wrong with bullying. Bullying makes you stronger. Texas you know, says, you know, bullies is like we're, we're twenty years away from being so soft that Canada's going to take us over. No, stop. <laughs> You're going to be invaded by Canada and get beat up. Pick Rudy's great grandpa. <laughs> I think Rudy's dad, doubting that Rudy could accomplish playing at Notre Dame, is written in the script to reiterate how difficult it is to play there, and less about the dad being an a hole. To me, Rudy's dad cheering for Rudy the way he does at the game is a subtle way of Ryder's displaying that he's proud of him and admitting that he was wrong. Well, I would hope so. He just sacked the quarterback at Notre Dame Stadium. And, and you, you got to think also that at that point. You can't time, admit you're wrong at that point. Then what are you doing? I mean, he, Rudy, Notre Dame was hard to get into. They were actually, I mean, as good as they were, they were even better back then than they are now. I don't think anybody doubts that. It's just yeah. the, the fact that you're like, hey, I don't don't try, son. He didn't. You're a Rudiger. You can live a damn fine life. I see, but you're an idiot. If he'd been like, you're a Rudiger, get over it. You suck. Then then when we that's can basically debate. what he said. No, he didn't. Texas, did Trevor say that he's going to be living in Mike's basement by the end of summer? Trevor, it's October. Well, next summer. I guess I'm not that bad at gambling. Texas says, yeah, we already talked about the, the, the Hulk gun. Texas, I think you just described half the Trump supporters with your conspiracy theory description. <laughs> Texas <laughs> says, if it is Reggie, he said on the State of Louisville podcast that he's, oh, it is Reggie. He said on the State of Louisville podcast that he's doing it. Okay, cool. That's uh, perfect. And Bonifon being staying in the NFL as long as he did it still amazes me. And he had some really good moments too. I mean, I know he was McCaff- only McCaffrey's backup and didn't play a lot, but he had a couple of games, like one good game when he did come in. I remember. Texas, I've been streaming on the TuneIn app all show and haven't had a single issue. Good. All right. Texas, Trevor with a flamethrower at Marty. What, what do you know? I, I'm, I want in. I want Marty to hire me. I don't want Marty to hire. You. I think I should be. What was the, what was the role? Uh, pa- our parent and family engagement office. What, what the hell does that mean, by the way? Does that mean I get to meet single moms? Um, <laughs> tonight in the NFL, we got one game. It's Thursday night football. I mean, why, why are the Thursday night games so bad? Bears on the road taking on the Commanders. Washington is a six-point favorite. 8-15 kickoff on Prime Video. TK, what you got here? Uh, well, I got Sam Howe going on uh, at starting quarterback in fantasy football because um, I got most of my guys are on by. But aside from that, I'm going Bears plus six tonight. I think well, Washington wins by three. I mean, I thought it was, this is going to be like a – Controversial pick by me. I'm going with the exact same thing. I think the no, the Bears are not awful. I think Washington wins and Chicago covers somehow. The Bears aren't as. I mean, they're not good. Don't get me wrong, but they're bad. Even the Arizona and Chicago as bad as they are, there's no team in the NFL just going to roll over and let you walk over more than most for the most part, unless you're you know Washington going into Buffalo. And then very quickly, you can hear it right here on our station, eight o'clock. It's on ESPN tonight as well. Western Kentucky on the road taking on Louisiana Tech. Toppers are a six point favorite. TK, what you got? Uh, I was going to go, but you kind of convinced me, and it's doing a little homework during one of the breaks. I'm going, uh, I like Western to win, but I'm going to take La Tech to, uh, to, not, to to cover the six points. Plus, in case you're interested, I'm also taking Liberty minus 21 on Sam Houston. We're super boring here because I'm saying the same thing on the Western game. Western wins, yeah. La Tech covers. Everyone enjoy your Thursday night. We're back tomorrow for the pregame edition of the Mike Rutherford Show, getting ready for Louisville-Notre Dame. Check us out right here at 3 o'clock. Go Cards. Go Tops. Go Tops, baby. Kentucky Atlas, only locally owned sports talk, 1450 and 96.1 FM, the Big X Sports Radio, WXVW, Jeffersonville.